Okay, we're live now. And um, this is the first video I've ever posted to this account that's not a silly uh, like meme or something, but we're going to try to have a serious discussion with my friend on the interwebs. Hey, Internet Eric here. How we doing, Inter Internet Eric? I'm here. No, that's fine. You go ahead. <laughs> You're adding ambiance to, to our... I'm still traumatized from the live stream you made me watch. <laughs> oh, it got a lot Seriously. worse. I've got like a nasty taste in my mouth watching that dude. Mm -hmm. He usually leaves that. It's the worst. I, I've never seen anyone say so little over such a long period of time. Did yeah. You watch I, the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I got him ranting and raving after a while because of. At first, he was just deleting all my comments because I, you know, I, I've got a history with the guy, and eventually, I just, I, I literally got him screaming at the com at, at his computer, and you know, you had the big vein coming out of the forehead. I was, I was thinking oh, he was going to stroke no. out. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had great. to turn it off because it was, it was unbelievable. It was just, yeah. um, I watched 15 minutes of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Luke, Luke, uh, Luke, um, uh, Skywalker, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> just fucking 15 minutes of that. Yep. And then, oh, and, and he took little breaks to do this where he's clicking, deleting all of your yeah. messages. Yeah. The whole time he was just deleting messages and, uh, yeah, okay, it, was, it was great. I, I, I was just persistent. I was, I was either he's not going to acknowledge me or he's going to. And he finally, I think, just he got tired of me calling him out. And then he just ranted and raved. And it, it was so beautiful. It's hilarious because he was saying there was trolls all over his board. And there's like 10 people watching. Well, here's all, the, there was only all of them were trolls. Here's the thing. He had probably 10 people in his chat. One was me. Two were, I guess, a couple of his buddies. And one was, I know, the other guy that was trolling him with, like, probably six different accounts. So he really maybe had four people watching. Damn. Yeah. That guy's professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but we get off topic here because that's what everyone's not tuning in tonight to listen to us talk about child's play. <laughs> because this isn't live, but there will be people watching this afterwards. And mm -hmm. I've got—I've actually had people calling me out of the mm -hmm. blue to talk about this movie, and I don't get it. And that's really? what you're here for. You're here to explain to me okay. why people love this Child's Play remake, reboot, well, whatever you want to call it. I'll explain why 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 I did. Okay. Not why not why everybody else did. Well, no one else can. For some reason, <laughs> I I start to explain why I didn't like it, and then they just like they hang up the phone on me. So I think you you can't hang up on me. So let's do it. Oh, I can. I just you know, who knows the next time we'll be able to you know get this working. So I I, I don't want to take that chance. Oh right, I, I'm just saying I know where you live. Yeah, that's true. You do have my address, so I think I still have the package that has yours and yours too. 
Well, it's not from that other guy who just looks like me. Yeah. Just get that out of the way now, okay? Just to clear up any confusion. There's another fat bearded guy on YouTube that looks very similar to me, but we're not related. It's just a coincidence. So you want me to and say why? Go ahead. Actually, I have to, believe it or not, I have to work out in the morning. I forgot. So I'm going to be drinking cold brew coffee instead of beer. And then, you know, I don't really drink anyway. Mm -hmm. so don't be offended. Go ahead. No, no. Well, you wouldn't you want me to say why I really enjoyed the film? Um, well, I I really liked the kid who played Andy. I thought his acting was a lot better than Alex Vincent from the original movie. I liked his comedic timing. I didn't um I liked his <laughs> and I always laugh when I say this. I liked his relationship with the Chucky doll. It actually they did a really good job making it seem like a child's play movie, you know, air quotes, had heart. Mm -hmm. You really, I mean, the montages I thought were perfect. I liked at first how he was annoyed with the doll, always malfunctioning. I love the scene where Andy's trying to get to sleep and it's singing the stupid buddy song. And he, <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, like the, the actor's comedic timing. It was, it was great when, He's trying to, hey, here's your math book, Andy, or whatever. And he's handing him the roll of toilet paper. And he says, no more math book. And then, you know, there's shit all over the floor around him. Like this has been going on yeah. all morning. And then no more math books. And there's just like random different things. Yeah. And then I, I, I like, eventually he warms up to, you know, his, his broken toy. And they're playing like chess or something. And then, you know, he's just, he's venting to the doll and it's, doing what it's supposed to, you know, listening to him and being his friend. So I really liked him. Um, I liked the actor who played Detective Mike. I thought his comedic timing was really well. He was real likable. Um, I liked the gore a lot. As little as it was, I, it really, I thought it packed a punch, especially, um, we'll say, the leg-breaking scene. Um, <laughs> uh, it took me a little while to get used to the look of the doll, but once you saw it in action, like the scene where they're, he's trying, you know, he's trying to make the scary face for the boyfriend, it won, it won me over and it, it started working for me. I liked the bat shit crazy, like last 15 minutes overall, um, especially the I, I, I want I was calling them like the evil Teddy Ruxpins, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Mark Hamill did fine making the doll sounding childlike and sympathetic in parts. Um, you, yeah, and then, like I said, you actually cared for Andy and Chucky's relationship initially, which is just, you don't expect that in a movie like this. So that added to it. It was a lot of fun. Like I said, the comedy worked for the most part. The only, the only comedic bit I didn't really like, I didn't like the, the fat friend. I just thought he was just annoying. Yeah, um, the friends, they were kind of shoehorned in there. They, that yeah. was the stranger kids. They're trying mm -hmm. to do a stranger things kids thing. Mm -hmm. But let's see. Or, or a Goonies. Mm -hmm. And what I liked is I liked how it wasn't like super in your face, but they did a good job showing how in 2019, everybody's relying on technology, you know, um, especially during, I, <laughs> it's the scene where, well, I'll just, 
because I don't know if who's watching it, if they're going to get mad with spoilers or whatever, but someone's dying in the background and two kids are too busy on their iPads with headphones. Yeah. And it worked. That worked oh, for that me. That was perfect. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, like the uh, subtext of the whole movie. That works. Mm-hmm. That, the thing is, I this is going to be easy to do to talk about this because everything you just said, I agree mm-hmm. with, except for the last 15 minutes part. Okay. You like that. I, I kind of have a huge problem with that, but we'll get to everything you just said. You've just like mm-hmm. uh, gone over all the checkpoints of the stuff I like, but mm-hmm. let's unpack it. Let's go over one thing at a time. Sure. Because starting with, I don't have any criticism of this movie as related to the the points, the beats of the first original Child's Play movie. Okay. So, because I don't think this is a Child's Play movie. And that's why I thought the first 20 minutes of this movie was genius. And I mm-hmm. couldn't, I actually couldn't believe what I was watching in the theater. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I, I, I went in with an open mind and after the opening with the hilarious, was it Vietnam? Sweatshop. Like the, the, the poor Vietnam, the Vietnamese guy who he's like, the, his boss is like throwing him back into, to be homeless. Mm-hmm. And he, he turns all, he turns all the switches off and like, that's a great setup instead of, you know, they can't do voodoo. Mm-hmm. They're not going to use lightning. Everyone's done the lightning thing to death where you mm-hmm. hit the inanimate object lightning and comes to life. So the whole setup, but then the premise kicked in, which is exactly what you're talking about, which is, I had no idea that this was coming. Because I mm-hmm. thought this was just going to be a, a copy of the original, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's nothing to do with the original. No, this is this is a a a, a very modern. Like the original is very eighties and of the time, and this one is very of the now. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a kid who doesn't have any friends, whose mom's a whore, <laughs> who he and he he's addicted to his cell phone. Yep. He, has, he doesn't have a father figure. He mm-hmm. just sits in the hall while his mom fucks these disgusting people, and she knows he's like outside too. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a reflection of like what you were saying. Everyone's addicted to technology and things. It's and he has no friends. And when he gets this doll, this is his first friend. Mm-hmm. This fucking robot is is like to him. This is like might as well be a real person once he mm-hmm. warms up to it. Yeah, because what, that's, what, that's what I liked at first is when he first got it, he didn't want it because he says this is for babies or this is for little kids or something like that. Well, exactly. And at the same time, when his mom was trying to make him play with his friends, it's the same, it's the same kind of stubborn child. Like, that's very realistic. He didn't want to go play with those people that were like drug dealers or something. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. That was one thing. I'm like, you you want your kid to make friends, so you're sending them out. It must have been like 930 at night to these people standing on the corner. You know, yeah, that's I don't know bad, if it's but still. That's good writing. That's mm-hmm. what a real fucking worthless um, millennial <laughs> mom would do today. And so what you were saying, all these things you said are totally true. And, and mm-hmm. my thing, we'll get to this, but I think this is two separate movies. The guy who directed the first movie, the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes, I think they fired him because he was too clever. <laughs> And they brought in, they're like, no, bring in, give me that, the trauma guy who's fucking, who costs half whatever we're paying this guy. Now, the montage, and when he's bonding with Chucky, I almost, I'm not bullshitting you, I almost cried. Mm -hmm. It was so, like, 
devastating and like sweet at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I loved all of that stuff. I thought it was amazing. I love, but I wish I would have wrote down notes, but you pretty much just said everything so we can break down. I, I don't sure. see this as a child's play movie at all. I see this as two other, they took two 80s classic uh, kids movies and they put it into one, which was E.T. Mm-hmm. and Short Circuit. I can see that. I was definitely thinking E.T. a lot, especially because he had the Elliot hoodie on and Chucky even had a glowing finger. Yes, ex- well, exactly. But <laughs> it's it's very similar to those two movies. Mm-hmm. And if they had just... This is where my criticism kicks in. I've got way more things to say that are positive. Sure. But if they had just gone down that road and made an 80s-inspired, dark, very dark, children's film Mm -hmm. i just think it would have worked 10 times better because once that once he starts killing people um it's like this they're trying to fit it in the box of a child's play movie i know that's what it is it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. but once they started doing that once they tried to make it hard the the tone of the movie just completely changed it was this like dark psychological like reflection of of uh, parenting today and kids and how they're and all this stuff and then it just becomes the silly thing mm. like I, I and i know you kind of like a leprechaun movie one of those leprechaun movies <laughs> and if you think about every little thing that they had to do to make this connect to child's play the original if oh. they didn't have to do that okay if this was just called you know something else batteries not included too or something then <laughs> The doll, which you had to warm up to, would have they could have created something original, and you wouldn't have to the whole time. Even the stuff I liked, I was like, "This doll looks like shit." Like all the things you're saying, the actions when it's trying to um, to listen to him and they're trying to train it to scare the stuff. That that's great, but just imagine if it wasn't a Chucky doll, if they didn't have to call it Chucky for no reason, mm-hmm. like or try to set that up. Like all these things, if they if it was just its own movie, I think it could have been like a classic. I, I, I get that. And I also get what you mean, how it does its 180. Towards the end, like I said, I like the I like the chaos that happened, like in the in the, the department store. But his complete 180 did seem like it, it there wasn't a lot of buildup from I love you, Andy, we let's be friends, and then suddenly he was he was, you know, this jilted friend, and suddenly now it's uh Either you're my friend or no, you're no one's friend type of thing. It, it went from A to C. There was no B in the middle. If that oh, makes right. you know what I mean. Well, like when he, when he was when he was when he was taunting him and this and that. It was like there was no real good build up to why Chucky wants to take Andy out of the picture. Now it was just like right, really direct. Oh, exactly. And that, mm-hmm. That's like I did not like that. It didn't. It struck a bad chord with me because I've had like you were saying. I didn't really think about that. Mm-hmm. But that whole segment, it's like 15 minutes of where they hate each other or he just get up on the doll. Mm-hmm. If they had done that a little more subtle over time where where he, you know, he just, Chucky's going crazier and crazier and he has to, like, that right at the end, he has to to let go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a completely, I mean, I don't even think it's really fair to compare it to the uh, the original relationship of uh, i mean there's they're a different age that's a whole different thing yeah that's more of like um 
the original Andy, his relationship with the doll is just, uh, it's just a... It's literally just a toy. It's a doll. It's just a toy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a thing. Um, that he, you know, it's not a right or something. Like, this one, it's like a real relationship. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they gave up on it a little too soon. Right. I wanted to see more time with Andy. Like, why, it, why did it have to be uh, winter break or whatever? Like, I wanted him to take the doll to school. You know what I'm saying? That would have been cool. Like, like he's, but it's one of these movies where it's stuck in <laughs> one location, basically. It's basically this whole movie's two locations, like uh, the apartment and then the big uh, toy store. Mm-hmm. But didn't it feel weird when it broke that two place um, dynamic? And went, when he went to the house to kill the, the, uh, the, the boyfriend, that was mm-hmm. just weird to me. Because in, in my mind, I don't know why. It was just like, it didn't make sense. I know that he, he lived out in the suburbs, but mm-hmm. this movie, I really, I wanted him to keep to the city or I, I can't explain that. I just well, thought it was I, weird when he, when he was in the suburbs all of a sudden. Like, how the fuck did he get back? Well, that's, did he take an Uber? Well, you know, that, that's, that's, that's one of the things you've got to, you, you got to suspend a little bit of disbelief because like, it's like, it's like this. Think of like the original Halloween. All right. Um, there's that line after he breaks out of Smith's Grove and they're like, well, you know, he doesn't know how to drive. Well, yeah. somebody, taught, somebody taught him. Okay. Well, think of it this way. If you've never driven a car before, you've watched enough people drive to somewhat get the idea, right? Well, how the fuck right. does he know how to drive to Haddonfield though? He's been stuck in this place for like 25 years or whatever. So that's oh, something that- you, you got to look over, look past that little bit of a plot hole. Um, who knows? Maybe he did. Maybe he went in one of those um, Kazlan cars or whatever. He he, you know, he did like the little the ET finger. He called himself a Kazlan car and it drove him home because well, there's, no drivers, there's, there's no drivers. There's no drivers in because there's no drivers in those. Well, there's a difference though because Michael Myers is a man, and it's not that difficult, even if you're a mute retard, to fucking drive a car. I mean. Right, but how did he know how to drive to Haddonfield? We don't know how far. It was 1976 or whatever, and there's like two interstates and one highway, and he just saw the sign. Well, that's well, it's 2019. All you got to do is click a button. You got the car to come get you, and it takes you home. That's true, but I would like to have. Uh, that would have been funny to see. Like you want, you wanted to, you actually, you actually wanted to see Chucky in a car with no driver, just driving him home, and everything would have been yeah. fine. No, I would like to have called a. A driverless Uber or something, <laughs> you know. And then, um, but that brings up you're talking about driving plot holes, Halloween related. This is my favorite one. I've never mm-hmm. heard anyone talk about. Okay, I planned on I'm going to make a video talking about this if I ever make videos. Mm-hmm. Halloween H2O mm-hmm. is my favorite plot hole thing of all time. <coughs> okay, and this is the movie I want to see because in in H2O, uh, we find out that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis faked her own death and mm-hmm. moved out of Haddonfield to California. Yep. Now she's a professor at this private school. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how Michael Myers finds this out, but in Ohio, when he escapes, he goes to the uh, rest stop, mm-hmm. and that girl and the mom pull in, remember? Mm-hmm. And he steals their car. Right. Then he drives across the country from Ohio to California it just it's a it's a jump cut mm-hmm. 
I want to see the movie of that trip because that's we're talking. He had to stop and get gas at least five say, times. Stopping it's, out of gas station, getting gas, getting some Doritos or something like that. Yeah, to eat something. He has to use the bathroom. Getting a road map, asking the guy for directions, and he can't speak. So how's he going to get directions exactly. to, to California? So and look, in the actor, it's just a guy in a mask. Why can't some someone, even like an indie person, should make that movie? Mm -hmm. I think it would be hilarious. But on the road so with Mike. Yeah. He picks up hitchhikers and <laughs> he stops at Waffle House. And I mean, how does he eat? <laughs> He's got to. You know, it's not, it's, it's not just a, 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 you know, you can't just make it from, Ohio. well, the rest stop, I guess you said was in Ohio to California in what, one day? You got, you got to pull, yeah. like you said, he, as inhuman as he is, he's still human. He's got to eat. He's got to go to the bathroom. He's got to sleep. Yeah. What does he do that? Does he pull over to the side of the road and cover himself up with a blanket? Does he go to a rest stop? Well, I remember driving across country back then when I, I, in my truck, I just had a bunch of maps. Like we didn't have GPS and all the technology. Now it, it was tough. Mm -hmm. It's not the, it's not the, you know, the hardest thing in the world, but when you're wearing a mask and you have no money, <laughs> you're in a is, he wearing the mask he's, is he wearing the mask while he's driving and looking at the map? I mean, the peripheral vision and the depth perceptions really got to be fucked too. He has to, he has to, he can't, he can't function without that. Without that mask, right? I don't know. He's got really good luck. Does he go, I, does he go through a drive-through to get the food, or does he actually walk into a Dunkin' Donuts and get something? He probably gets somebody else to get it for him. He probably could. So, he, he has wife, to go to a. My wife said you order food without talking. Him. Yeah, but but my wife was saying, well, maybe he threatens someone. Well, he doesn't talk. Well, yeah. he'd have to go. If he walked up to you the way that he was, would you be like, okay, I'll just go get you some donuts? Yeah, but it, does he use sign language? Does he write it down on a piece of paper? You know, <laughs> does he just hold up his knife, point to the Dunkin' Donuts, and just probably. you know, like a mime? Yeah, you probably. Yeah, yeah. He has to go somewhere where you can point to the food. Like he goes to Chipotle, and he's like, restaurant. And they're like, "Would you like beans?" He's like. <laughs> Did you want? Do you want decaf or do you want regular coffee? You know, and, okay. and be, you know, he's like de he's saying decaf because he gets he gets nutty, mm -hmm. and then he just kills them whenever they're done with his food, like a subway. You know what I mean? He just points. Mm -hmm. But I think we're getting way off track here. Yep, that's a whole separate issue. He probably goes into the rest stop, kills all the people, and then just steals the food. Yeah, he could just be hanging out at a rest stop like a hobo and just wait for someone to show up. Mm -hmm. Or he could, all rest stops have those uh, food machines. He could just punch through it, mm -hmm. take yeah. all the chip shit out of it. Mm -hmm. But gas, that's a little tricky because, um, no, I guess back then you could. Never mind. That was yeah, back what, then they didn't have, yeah, back then it wasn't all prepay. They didn't have, yeah, it wasn't all prepay. Okay. Man, you tell someone today that they don't believe you. Mm -hmm. I remember going to gas stations, and uh, when you filled up your tank, it was like a dollar fifty a gallon. You got like a, you got food for free. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. They had popcorn machines and hot dogs and shit. Not today. Nope. Kids today don't understand. Yeah, the good old days.
<laughs> the good old days when you could, you know, drive with your Michael Myers mask, pump gas, and get yourself a sandwich for only a dollar fifty. Yeah, well, you know, serial killers and movies were a lot more hardcore back then. <laughs> Seriously, get Rob Zombie to make that movie. Yes, Halloween, Halloween three, road trip. The, yeah, get Tom Green in there. <laughs> yeah. He can suck off a cow or something. <laughs> and you know, you know, Rob would put that in too. He'd just have Bill Mosley do it instead. So I'm trying to think here. What what exactly do we disagree on? I don't know. You the only like I said, the only things I really disliked about the film was that 180, you know, non build up with Chucky at the end. Um, I didn't like the fat friend, but that was just that's just nitpicking. Um, I liked the characters. I I just had fun with it. I think that's what I was doing. I was going into it looking to have fun for ninety minutes, and I did. Yeah. I mean, like my dislikes are, are real nitpicky. Like you know, Chucky was taken out. I thought I think a little too easy. You know, because you know you had the, you know the bullet that came out of nowhere that took him down type of thing, and I'm just I, I yeah, I'm like, and then Look, I, I'll just be totally honest with you, that whole ending, mm-hmm. what made me just fucking cringe. But mm-hmm. at the same time, my nephew who's five was freaking out. See, he loved it. That just uh, that whole thing, the showdown in the toy store. It was so, uh, it was like, it reminded me of Jingle All the Way in a bad way. <laughs> like, you got this child's play, but it cost millions of dollars to make this movie. Couldn't you hire, they, did you, did you notice, like, the people that were chanting, buddy, buddy, waiting mm-hmm. for the release? There was mm-hmm. like 10 people. Mm-hmm. They couldn't hire more extras? No. Stuff like that, I really, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are they cheaping out on that? Uh. But I love the guy in the, uh, the guy that worked at the store who was cheating his wife, who uh, he got in the costume and Chuck mm-hmm. killed. I don't why did I don't know why he was killing people. Why was he trying to kill everyone at the end like that? I well, did he did that guy have a relationship with Andy? No, he didn't. He was Aubrey Plaza's boss. Yeah, and but me- remember the the uh, drones had the razor blades. Could he duct tape mm-hmm. them? Like what was what was he doing? <laughs> it's not like he's a serial killer. You know, he's just, uh, I, I mean, I, why did he want to kill everyone? That's what I'm asking. Um, maybe he saw any anyone else as a friend to Andy. I don't know. But see, what do I, another thing that I really loved about this film was the way he learned everything. They made it seem so innocent. Like at first, he learns how to stab, you know, when he sees Andy cut the sound and he stabs it into the and then short circuit all night. Mm-hmm. And then what I really liked was when he was watching them watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and he yes. saw how they were having so much fun watching all this violence. So maybe Chucky realizes that violence is fun. And then when he gave Andy that present at uh, you know, after you know, with, with the face and everything. Yeah, that was. I mean, I'm looking at it differently, but that was a sweet gesture from Chucky. Yeah, Andy, that's what made it work. Okay, because well, once he uh, he tried to stab the fat guy, the fat Mm -hmm. friend, 
mm-hmm. he corrected him, and that was isn't that pretty much where the relationship ended? Um. So that that's what like that's why he had the breakdown. He can't disassociate violence from. I think I think like what I don't I don't know if he really ended it until he saw the the skinned face. I think that's when he knew it was it was done. And what was great is Chucky still didn't really learn that until the very end. He he became the jilted best friend. Um, and another thing I liked was when we met um, not Jack Black, and he was he uh, he was fixing what, he was fixing Chucky up. Was yeah, fixing Chucky up to to uh, sell him on eBay, right? And just I know a lot of people hate the way Chucky looked. I love the way they made his face look scared when he when Jack Black was taking him apart and fixing him and stuff like that. I I think that worked too. It made again, it made Chucky a sympathetic character, I guess. At least in that scene before he he took out Jack Black Jr. or whatever we want to call yeah. him. I don't think that has to do with the look though. Like I, the animatronic stuff and how his his expressions all all that stuff pretty much work. It, it's mm-hmm. just the fact that um he had to look like Chucky mm-hmm. with the overalls and the red hair. I, I actually liked, I, if this wasn't a child's play movie, I would have went with the second, the buddy two look with the, the blonde, blonde, like a little Aryan. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was very cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> but number two, I love that scene where the dad was an idiot and couldn't get his money back because right. every day, if you go to Walmart, that's just how people are. Mm-hmm. And I, I try I, to return like food that's open. That was the only time I, I really kind of liked Aubrey Plaza because she was smart. She's like, I'm sorry yeah. that, you know, you know, you couldn't notice that the doll had red hair, even though you're looking through the clear plastic and everything. Exactly. Because that's what you would have said. But yeah. at the same time, this, this is one of those things where that's a big, that's an introduction to her character. And then like the next scene, she's fucking this guy with the, right by the door. You know, your mm-hmm. son's coming home. And then I hated her. So it was back and forth. Like um, with with her character, especially like mm-hmm. by the end, I was like, just fucking kill this. I, I don't care about her at all. I didn't like or hate her. She was just there for me. She didn't do anything special. I hate her because she reminds me of a lot of real people. Uh, like irresponsible moms mm-hmm. that do drugs and live in hotels. And But we won't get into that. Yeah, that's for that's for the sequel. But you know, while we're here talking about child's play, this is weird because your favorite horror movie is Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. and mine is. If people ask me, I say Child's Play. So mm-hmm. I love it. I grew up with it. I've seen it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I think it's like way more. It's more deep than your average slasher movie. But you don't have to like pay attention to that if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun movie that's scary. I think it still scares yeah. me. Like yeah. there's all it, these different like still got the the huge, huge creep factor to this day, and it's what thirty years old? Yeah, it was eighty eight. Eighty eight, I think, yeah. And I'm so yeah, it's yeah, it's thirty. Mm-hmm. And it depends on how you watch horror movies. Like there's all these different ways before you judge something like if you go to a movie then that's a different that's a whole different experience than and then you watch sometimes you just watch a horror movie with a friend but my favorite uh is just watching a horror movie by yourself in the mm-hmm. dark mm-hmm. not not even with your like your girlfriend or your wife or anything just by 100 by yourself 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that, to me, that's like the purest way. And if you do that, if I do that sometimes, it still scares me, it still creeps me out. And the one thing, if we're going to, if this is going to be a child's play movie, you're going to use the same fucking font, mm-hmm. at least have something scary about it. <laughs> the only thing scary was when the mom jumped out and said, boo. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I remember sitting there, like, come on. Can you have, and the, you know, the scene where, uh, Andy's trying to sleep and he's standing next to the bed. Mm-hmm. And it, that was super creepy and mm-hmm. funny at the same time. I wish they had developed a little bit more. But see that that's the awesome. scene. That's that scene I really liked because that was after he had strangled the cat and he played the cat meowing or the cat dying. I thought that was a I thought that was a really uh, nice touch. Yeah, he was fucking with him. Yeah, but I. I um. Yeah, that's they. They had it happened a couple of times, but I'm specifically talking about that is kind of fucked up. But where mm-hmm. he's like, he wants to sing the song with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. Um. Because the difference, if you're going to compare them to this and the original, is, I mean, this really has nothing. Sc- it. It. There's nothing scary. It was. It's not a real. It's not. It's part. there. There's there's some creepy parts to it, but no, it's far from scary. And the the biggest thing is if you're not going to have scares, at least have some kind of mystery. And with this, there is zero mystery. You know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, it would have been... Um, I would have given it a little more credit if it just had a little more mystery to it. That's mm-hmm. all. Because it's like very black and white. You know exactly. Once Chucky snaps, mm-hmm. he might as well not even show what he's about to do. Right. But at the same time, uh, other people brought up the. You've already mentioned this, the gore. Mm-hmm. That was that was a pleasant surprise because I yeah, never I, expected. I didn't think it was going to be as bloody as it was. I, as it was. Yeah, and one of my good friends told me. Uh, I totally agree. It's like a homage to the first uh, two sequels, two and three, mm-hmm. like the kind of over the top uh, kills because you don't associate. Child's Play, the original, with gore. No. All, all like shadows and smoke and mirrors and stuff. Not showing mm-hmm. him, you know, putting a midget in a Chucky costume, having him run by for a mm-hmm. split second. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what was good about the original is it, but there, because, you know, it was pretty toned down. I think the bloodiest death is maybe the babysitter after she gets hit in the head with a, a hammer, you see a little trickle of blood. The rest is all to your imagination, except I think one of the, the I think what is really good is with the original, the best death, the, the, the cringiest oh. death is um, the voodoo guy. And there's no blood to that. It's the, the slow motion twisting of the joints. And it, that's what gets oh. to be. Yeah. Cause you feel totally sorry for him. That's just Chucky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the people he's killing, he's covering his, he's tying up all the loose ends. But I thought you were gonna say the doctor. The doctor is actually gory. Yeah, you know what I, I'm talking I, about. It, well, I mean, his eyes are always coming out, and he's electrocuting him, and it's like, um, you know what? Really blood. Right, and he's got blood like all over his teeth. But I think what takes me out of it is how quickly his face gets ashy and black, and it's a little. That part's a little cartoony to me. That could be uh, why. Yeah. That's the most forgettable part, but I was just trying to think of like gory deaths. Yeah, there really isn't that much at all. But that's still, um, we're talking about the one thing 
30 years from now, when people look back at Child's Play 2018, the one thing they're not going to say is how the effects hold up. But if you just think about, there's so many. For for ni- for 30 years ago, the original Child's Play, especially that doctor scene where Andy's locked up in the nut house mm-hmm. and the doll comes in the room and climbs the bed mm-hmm. and gets on top of him, I think that's a midget. It could be. I've watched that a thousand times and it's like, if that's not a midget and like there's no Andy that's just a doll in a giant bed, mm-hmm. then that's the best animatronic shit I've ever seen. Like I know I, yeah, there is some obviously some animatronics, like especially when Chucky's walking down the hallway all burnt to a crisp, but I think it was someone in a suit for maybe ninety percent no, of the time. No, I'm hundred percent. That's I've seen the behind the scene photos of that guy. That in the hallway where he's coming with the knife, mm-hmm. all that stuff was built up. The hallway, uh, the photos, the, there's a piece of a couch and a table. Those are mm-hmm. all built four times bigger. Oh, really? That I had no clue. Wow. Yeah. And then they did force perspective. So it's a midget dressed as Chucky. Everything's huge. And then mm-hmm. they had the way they put the camera behind the actor. Now, the, when I said earlier, the split second running by mm-hmm. that, that the ant notices that mm-hmm. wasn't a midget i'm sorry i don't know why it's a midget that wasn't that was the actual child okay that that was like a little four-year-old boy okay um, but um you know something i really like about uh the difference between the ai and the charles lee ray i like charles lee ray because he's uh he's a sadistic serial killer Mm-hmm. And he'll kill just random people for no reason. Like the, I just think it's so funny because I was watching it the other day, how he kills Aunt Maggie basically because she won't let him watch the news. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he just wanted to watch the news. Yeah. So the bitch, the bitch had to die. <laughs> see, see, the thing is, you know, I understand with it being AI, you know, malfunctioning AI, whatever. That's fine to get away from like the whole voodoo thing. I'm still indifferent on just the way they handled it in the beginning. Like I liked the look of the sweatshop. I love the score in the very beginning of this, you know, with the sweatshop, because it was very creepy. And the problem problem is, is I, you know, you get the browbeaten worker and he's taking off all the safety protocols. That's fine. But I had a, (laughs) cause I'm a huge Simpsons fan. I couldn't, I, I kept thinking of the killer crusty doll and you got the guy, he says, oh, someone set this clown to evil, you know, and he flips the switch. And... <laughs> yeah. That, so I, okay. I, I just kept thinking of that. And I just couldn't help it. I totally agree. I just, I just, that's one of the things like you said about, you just have to accept it, like suspend mm-hmm. disbelief. That's the one I didn't have a problem with. I just accepted it because the only alternative really was uh, lightning. And yeah. I couldn't really do that because um, then it's a direct copy of short circuit. But mm-hmm. the whole, the whole doll learning. I mean, me and my brother were talking about this. Like, there, this movie takes place now. The mm-hmm. Child's Play movie. There will never be an an artificial intelligence doll that can learn and walk by itself and do all those things to a realistic capacity that they sell at a Walmart <laughs> in a paper box with a plastic window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like how much could that have cost? Like, $200, just think, just think, just think, Well, think of how much it would weigh, too. It would fall yeah. right on the bottom of the box. The, the, the real thing would cost so much more than that. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, I really like they are they sold me with the with the AI thing with it learning and uh, mm-hmm. just I wanted I wanted twenty more minutes of that relationship, yeah. mm-hmm. but they couldn't do it. They had to they had to get those they had to wedge those kids in and the kills. It's so funny, like <laughs> I feel I... so stupid it's online talking about. Uh, this this really fun silly. Well, here's the thing. The thing movie. is, the thing is, um, I, I you you haven't watched my, my video on it yet, but I no. I say it, and I'm I'm chuckling when I'm saying I said you're really enjoying watching a kid with a robot, and you're enjoying their relationship. See, I'm I'm laughing thinking about it. You're watching a a slasher movie. That is a remake of a killer doll movie from 88. And you're enjoying at least, well, me and you are at least enjoying the relationship between Andy and this fucking robot. You know what I mean? And it works. It's done so well. I can't argue with that. And then, and then that's that I'm like, if they could do that, I, I'm already sold. I thought it, it's, it's a it's a child's play movie that actually has heart, and who the fuck expected that? No, yeah, the uh, well, with the original, the the first one, with the two and three, there's no heart whatsoever. But no. with the original one, I all the heart was with um, what makes the original one kind of unique is that it's a mom mm-hmm. is the hero mm-hmm. and mom and son and you know the kids he's a, he's very young so he's right. obviously shit and right. he had way more to do than like if you think about like the shining mm-hmm. like he had nothing to do right like, you know people say that he's a great they're always that movie they're giving this praise to this child for what well, he did nothing you know in the in the original um the kubrick shining Mm-hmm. Um, you know when he's driving around on the tricycle and they come to the dead girls in the hallway mm-hmm. he didn't see that that right. wasn't there mm-hmm. like, the, Kubrick didn't even like you know put him through that I mean it's a movie you know what well, I'm saying I've heard uh, I think the, the kids even said that he didn't even know it was a horror movie that he was in while, while he was making it he had no idea yeah well he's fucking stupid then what did he think he was in yeah <laughs> Well, maybe, that, maybe, maybe he saw how horrible Kubrick was to Shelley Duvall. And he just didn't want to question anything Stanley said, you know? No, he didn't see any of that. Because, uh, I mean, if he didn't if he didn't want to see, like, two fake dead midget girls, like, I'm sure he didn't show the horror of what he was doing to Shelley Duvall. <sighs> but, uh, you know, the scene where they're eating ice cream, that's, like, one of the longest... Mm-hmm. Um, shoots in history according to the Guinness Book of World Records. I think he broke it for Eyes Wide Shut. He had to beat his own record of wasting film. But in that scene, they shot it like 50 times of him just sitting there talking to this scary black man over ice cream. What did he think he was... What kind of movie did he think he was in? Uh, I wonder... I'm wondering if he he, if he was... Because uh, he was... Let's see, that came out in what? 83? 80. 80. 80 okay so i'm just wondering 78 okay well i'm well that'd be perfect time i'm wondering if he's wondering why who he's talking to you know like you said this black man eating ice cream he's wondering why does he sound like hong kong fooey 
<laughs> no. Wait, was that out at the time? Hong Kong Fui, I think, was 70s, wasn't it? Hanna yeah, that's like late 60s, 70s Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. This kid, I thought he had he was autistic or something. He obviously, uh, there's good reason um, he never made movies after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he wasn't he was very... Fucking, he didn't, well, all, he, you could say, he's, I, I was about to say he was bored to death. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, See, here's the thing. If he didn't know he was in a horror movie, what? how did Stanley actually direct him? Okay, you're going to be sitting under your bathroom sink and you're going to have, you know, you're going to have the spit hanging on your face and just, just shake your head. Well, why? Just do it. Okay, it'll be great. It's, it's, it just makes me wonder how Stanley, what Stanley told him to get him to, to act in certain scenes if he didn't know what was going on in the film. I think he wasn't old enough to want to ask questions. He's yeah. at the perfect age. Mm-hmm. So he just did it. He's like, just so stupid. <laughs> I bet, but he was old enough to know that Red Rum is murder backwards. And he probably, he, I, I can imagine he was like, Stan, like, this is stupid, even for me. Like, this is not scary. I, I, would, I, don't, yeah. care. I, I don't know what kind of movie you're making, but have, have him question me screaming Red Rum for two weeks. Have him question Stanley at, at the table read, asking asking him all those questions. Yeah. Uh, what pl- On what planet is Red Rum scary? <laughs> because it's the, I mean, it's literally the stupidest thing in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, who um, didn't see that when, when whenever they saw it, when we wrote it on the door or whatever the first time or whenever they <laughs> said it the first time, that was enough. But right. they, they just keep going back to it as if it's like, you know, Rosebud or something. Mm-hmm. I bet whoever... Um, you know my dislike. It's like, this is like Rosebud. Oh, this is like my Citizen Kane line right here. Red rub. <laughs> are we talking about this? Um, I don't know. We go off on Twitter so much. I, I I I can't keep up, but it's it's okay because you know how much I dislike uh, Stanley Kubrick's Shining anyway, so I have no problem trashing that film. Mm. Me too. It's my new purpose in life. Just bring on the haters. Because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the Stanley Kubrick Shining. Well, I, I get that all the time when when people ask what's the most overrated horror film. I always say The Shining. What you can't say that that's sacrilege. Well, think about it. When Nicholson's not on screen, it's boring. I I find it boring. Well, what about his opening shot of going across the mountains into, uh, you know, the Overlook Hotel? Yeah, that looks nice. But what happens after that? It's boring. I I, I can't. My interest is always waning. I'd rather be like reading a book or something than until Jack finally goes crazy within like the last half hour. And that's sad when the movie's like two hours long and I only really care the last half hour. I'm already taken out. It's silly when you speak about this out loud because for my whole life, uh, just just imagine, just think about what you just said. Like, uh, especially trying to try to defend a helicopter shot over a, over some woods. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, what's... What's so great about that? Before 1980, no one's ever seen someone fly a fucking helicopter over woods. Mm-hmm. 
with spooky music. It's like that's the biggest thing. It's like the cheapest thing, cheapest trick in the world is since they've been doing since the beginning of the time with horror movies, it's just playing horror music over something that's you wouldn't particularly think is uh is scary to begin with. There's there's yeah. I I got into a literal like shouting match on online, you know, through 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 comments. When I was when you know, someone was talking about how great that overhead shot was in The Shining and then showing the car with the music and this and that. And, I, and of course, me, <laughs> kind of like, I like to poke the bear. You know me. And I said, Rob Zombie did it better at the end of Devil's Rejects. I said, with the overhead shot of Otis driving the car, they played Freebird. <laughs> oh, that was a fun night. And I, I do. I think uh, that was a better shot. I liked it better. Better song. It didn't take as long. Um, yeah. Any kind of white trash, um, uh, what do you call those type of movies? Like, uh, grind, any kind of grindhouse white mm-hmm. trash movie, like mm-hmm. with Freebird playing. I'm, I'm just going to totally agree mm-hmm. with you just for that. Yeah. But, you know, that way it was, it was probably harder to do, you know, an 80 than what Rob Zombie did today. Right. I don't care, though. It's like you put that music to anything and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I'm I'm talking about the the shining. Mm-hmm. You have a guy eating cereal and if you're playing da 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 and it, it's like what are you setting up anyway? Like the the opening uh sets the tone for the movie and it's like mm-hmm. inconsistent. I guess he did, I mean that's supposed to be on purpose, but we cut from um scary music and flying over trees to like a boring 20 minute interview. Mhm. Yeah, because I I do think interviews are are scary, but uh, not that scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, I just I I always tell people I just I just find that movie incredibly boring, and I it when Nicholson's not being Nicholson, you know, it just it's yeah. But how about that opening shot? Come on, that's scary. How the helicopter flies over the woods. What about that? It would have been better with Freebird. It would have been better with Freebird. Someone should do that. I'm gonna do that, but it'll get it'll get taken down copyright. No, yeah. I'm forgetting though. What about that 20 minute tour of the building to Freebird? No, not even to Freebird. In the, you have to give him credit for that. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever shot a 20 minute tour of a haunted hotel before it's haunted in a horror movie before. And you know, think about. Movie history, mm-hmm. these big epic movies where they built these incredible sets, right? That you just can't, you'll never forget, like in the Ten Commandments or mm-hmm. uh, Cleopatra and all these things. Gone with the Wind, King mm-hmm. Kong, all these epic sets. And what Kubrick had the balls to do was he built a fake hotel. <laughs> like a real, a fake hotel that's so realistic. <laughs> That he could have just shot it at a hotel. Yeah. But he didn't. He had the he said, fuck it. I'm not gonna shoot this at a hotel that's identical to this right. set that you can't tell the difference, the human right. eye. I'm gonna build it. And that changed a lot of things. Movie wise. That's why it's the scariest movie I ever made. Because he built a fake hotel. And then had the balls to shoot a retarded kid 
driving his <laughs> tricycle around it for 45 minutes or something. And don't forget, he made, he made him talk to his finger. Talking to his finger. I mean, he made a talk to a black guy about nothing for, I mean, I think that seems like 15 minutes long. I just, I was, I was always confused how Danny talks to Tony through his finger, but he says Tony lives in the back of his mouth. Well, right. that, how does that work? It's a psychic thing. Oh, okay. All people that shine have uh, tiny people that live in the back of their mouths, but it's like the transmitter for the shine is in their fingers. Duh. I mean, you have to you have to pick that up in the first viewing. <laughs> so it's like Spielberg stole that, you know, with E.T. and the glowing finger, right? Yeah, but it's not as stupid as it, the finger doesn't glow. <laughs> it just shines. Someone told me, I was trying to, I think there, it might be in the book or something where um, you have to make, if you're a shiner, Mm-hmm. You have contact. You have to make contact with another shiner before you can communicate with them. Which, to me, that seems silly. Yeah. Do they have like shiner conventions or what? How 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 do you find these people? I I don't know. But I was just thinking the whole time, the cook is um is worried that uh, this kid has super shine powers mm-hmm. and uh, he has a he knows in the back either he knows or he has a premonition. Mm-hmm. That Danny is going to, Danny is going to make these um, ghosts fabricate because that's the whole movie. It's like none of that stuff's real. That's all a projection of Danny's uh, fears, mm-hmm. right? The dad mm-hmm. doesn't have any shine. The mom doesn't have any shine. Those right. are all just projections from Danny. And the black guy knew. The cook knew that. Mm-hmm. Alloran knew that Danny was powerful enough to do that. But uh, he just left anyway. He went to the opposite side of the country, to Miami, right? He but was smart. Think he would have, like, well, not that smart because he knew he was going to have to come back. Yeah, he did come back. That's true. The whole time he was, he couldn't enjoy his vacation. They show clip in the movie. He's like laying in bed with like a watching the news, like trying to keep tabs, keeps calling back. He, he never, they don't ever show him like on the beach or anything. Nope. He just he's just hanging in the bedroom with the big naked chick in the in the background watching the news with his, his bare feet sticking up, thinking, This is life. I really hope what that kid didn't find me. What he should have done was went to Denver down at the bottom of the mountain mm-hmm. on his way out at the near the airport and um, met up with another shiner. See what I'm saying? To tell him about in case something happens, you're mm-hmm. a lot closer. They had to have they have to have shiners in every major city, so you you know what I mean. Yeah. You get a shiner in Denver saying, "Look, there's this kid up there. He's probably gonna go crazy with his uh, psychic projections. His dad's a little, he's off, you know, he's on the <laughs> wagon anyway. That way, I don't have to fly from Miami and then immediately get fucking killed with an axe to the heart." Well, and the thing it was funny because if he didn't. He almost got killed just driving to the hotel with the bad weather and everything. Wouldn't it? I think it would have been oh, more sure. funny. I think it would have been more funny if he was if he died going to the hotel instead of just getting axed right away. That would have been hilarious. It would have oh, been all. Yeah. It still would have been all for nothing. But I would have been like, oh well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> that was great. I would have laughed. Oh, that's such a smart idea. It would have been so great if he died and Danny saw the whole thing like in his mind. Yeah. He saw him go off the cliff because that 
you know, we're I'm gonna have many videos talking about the shining, but one of my favorite things is you know, the hero of the movie is Wendy. Mm-hmm. And she gets him she gets him out of there. You know, Danny tricks Jack and he's lost in the maze. Mm-hmm. But to me, what a stupid this is a stupid move. She's only she's a good mom and she makes all the right decisions up until the very end, which is she knows he's lost in the maze because she mm-hmm. can hear him screaming. Right. She knows he he's hurt. And he needs medical attention. Are you talking about um, Jack or Danny? Jack. Okay. Jack. She knows he's fucked up. He's freezing. He's he's lost. He's weak. She gets Danny. And then instead of going into your giant hotel with 150 rooms and, you know, arming yourself and locking yourself in until he's dead the next mm-hmm. day, make sure that he's dead. Because, I mean, there's just a million places to hide. Mm-hmm. She gets in that snowcat thing. And remember how far away the the hotel is from, like, the first local um, wildlife post? They talk mm-hmm. about it in the movie how dangerous everything, all the cliffs, the roads are just mm-hmm. cliffs, like, mm-hmm. covered in snow. So she's like, fuck it. She's never driven one of these things before. She decides to go drive on these cliffs in the middle of a snowstorm. You know, like no one thinks about that. Like that bitch would have went off the cliff so fast. That would have been a great ending you know, too. You can't see the roads. There's no signs. I don't even know how they got out of there. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. And I think about that every time I watch it. Like I'm, I'm going to now. I never really thought about that. How you know she could have easily you know, Jack freezes to death, and I want to watch that drive from the Overlook Hotel to the next that's gas station. Why, the, that's why it's emphasized in the beginning. That's why they're there. That's their job. They mm-hmm. can't clear those roads. The, right. When they say roads, like if you've ever driven in the mountains, I, a lot of people haven't driven the mountains. I have. It's the scariest thing that mm-hmm. I've ever done. Really? Okay. When you, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh God. Like people don't talk about things like that. Like when you're driving on on mountains, you're not you're not on roads. You're on you're on cliffs that have been carved into mountains. Mm-hmm. So their whole purpose of their job is to take care of the hotel because you can't get up there, and it's even harder with a helicopter. He says it because uh, of the snow, the crosswinds. Mm-hmm. So she's driving on these impossible to drive, snowed in. How does she know how to drive? I'll give her, you know, suspend disbelief enough to say that she could drive the thing because it's, you know, she probably knows how to drive stick shift or something, so it can't be that hard. But there's no visibility. She's on a cliff. You know, and imagine, like, she probably has to go, like, five miles an hour. So Mm -hmm. she's going going ten times slower than she would be on a... (laughs) I I like our ending more. Yeah. I think uh, Halloran should have died on, on the, the way cliff. to the, Halloran should have died on the way to the hotel. They should have died after leaving the hotel. Right. You know, it would have been great if we saw the ending at the beginning, like when they first meet. Mm-hmm. Like Danny sees Halloran's death, and Halloran sees Wendy and Danny's death. Like, mm-hmm. and it's both like cloud bubbles over their head, and it's both just snow cats going <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> Like they almost die in the same exact spot. <laughs> oh, that would have been as, funny if they landed. If they landed on Halloran as she was driving driving home. Well, 
even funnier if Halloran's he's going off the cliff. You see his lights, and Danny and them are going off the cliff. Their lights connect, and you can they see each other through the windshields as they're they're like, oh fuck, <laughs> we are we are shining. <laughs> this shit is real. But no, um, the ending with the photograph is is much better, much scarier. I, you know what? To be honest, I've I've never ever understood the ending with the photograph. Never understood. Uh, you're not supposed to, but there is like um, there's a million of these stupid YouTube conspiracy videos now. Mm-hmm. They existed before that documentary, and now there's even more. But there is one. I won't give credit to any of those other bullshit ones. There's one that everyone should watch. I think it's fantastic. Okay. It's called um I think it's called Jack was never the caretaker. Okay. That's what it's called. Watch that. And it explains that um most people think when they're thinking about the ending of the movie that he was always there, that he was always the caretaker because that's what the uh the bartender guy tells mm-hmm. me. This video it's still a conspiracy video but um I accepted it when I saw it. So just watch that. Okay. It'll make a lot more sense. But all the rest of them, what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like people like Leon Vitali, his assistants, and people that actually worked on the movie. They're like, no, this isn't about the Holocaust. I was there when they're writing it. The Indian uh, baking soda thing just looks cool. It, like he, he liked the Indian motif he, when he was sending people to uh, take photos of real hotels. Mm-hmm. There was this real hotel, I think it's in Colorado. Or maybe it's Portland. The, mm-hmm. the interior of that hotel is exactly the same as the one in the movie. Okay. And it has an Indian motif. You just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing to do with like the Indian Holocaust. Just think about how mm-hmm. stupid that is. Like he, Stanley Kubrick is a genius. Okay. He mm-hmm. is one of the best filmmakers of all time. It doesn't matter if we like The Shining or not. Right. I mean, he made Doctor Strange Love in 2001. I'm not shitting on Kubrick. I think they're shitting on Kubrick more than me. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When they reduce something to something to a, such a fucking ridiculous um, juvenile level, this horror movie, they're reducing it to oh, it's really about the Indian Holocaust and how yeah, you know, the white man. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's about a fucking guy who's an alcoholic who goes crazy and kills, tries to kill his family. That's what it's about. Yeah. And uh, so I just think that's funny. It's uh, there's a lot of these um, uh, conspiracy theorists. I-, I love it when the uh, anti like with the JFK Kennedy assassination or something like that, something legitimate, right? Okay. Where there was a conspiracy, mm-hmm. you know, more than one person acted to do something illegal. It's not complicated. That's the definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go to, they go to jail every day for conspiracies. When uh, the detractors, when the people that know nothing about, never done any research, they've just seen the Oliver Stone movie, they say they don't believe in conspiracy theories. Like Bill Maher says that. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny because they're the bigger conspiracy theorists than the actual conspiracy theorists. You know what I'm saying? It's it's such a more it's such a larger conspiracy. If that if the the government's account is, um, if you go by their account, then by this simple conspiracy. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Just it's even the same thing. This Kubrick uh, shining thing. It's like you're yeah. you're actually making uh, you're shitting on his legacy mm-hmm. more than we are. We're sitting here making fun of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing a, a, a more damage to the Shining by insisting that all of these things mean something. They don't. Yeah. No. They don't mean something. Stanley Kubrick was a genius, but uh, he everything in the movie is does not mean something. Like there's a they shot the scene with Jack at the typewriter, mm-hmm. right? Where Wendy comes in and he tells her to go fuck herself, basically. But you know yeah. they shot that so many times. There's chairs in the background that move. Mm-hmm. That's just a continuity error. Yeah, <laughs> that does nothing to do with the uh, like you know Indian right. cost or, or, or the the gold standard or anything like that. They're saying, well, in the in this shot, the chair is under this deer skull, and the deer represents the Illuminati thing. But in the next shot, it's not there. But in the third shot, it reappears over here underneath this buffalo foot, and that is like you know like. No, it was just, just it was a long it was a long fucking day and someone messed up. That's all it was. Yeah, how about uh the set burned down? Mm-hmm. Which it did after they had already, you know, shot the scene hundreds of times and mm-hmm. uh, someone forgot to put the chair back at the right place. Yeah. But uh I don't know I don't know how we got to this. <laughs> I think originally we were talking about child's play. Yep. I think we were talking about Child's Play, and then you somehow went to The Shining. I don't know if it was, you were just talking about the kid. Um, oh, that's exactly right. The point was, the, my initial point was, <laughs> the kid in The Shining had nothing to do, but he gets this, he, he gets this acclaim. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the original kid in um, uh, Child's Play, it was really more about um, the relationship of the mom to the son. Mm-hmm. To me, like, and I really felt for her the whole movie, like uh, this poor fucking woman. But you know, one of the great things about that movie that we're not, we don't get in this or really any of the other child's plays is that uh, the mystery uh, between the person, the child knows it's alive Mm -hmm. and everyone else that doesn't, it's just not as, uh, it just doesn't work as well. once the cat's out of the bag. So it's, I don't know how to explain that. I just love it so much. The mm-hmm. scene where the bomb is starting to think, well, just a mat, you have to be, think about the, the mom from her perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, is your son crazy or mm-hmm. is the stall actually alive? But right. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I'm not in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I'm a real person. This doll can't be alive. And She's like, she picks it up after she sees that it doesn't have its batteries. Mm-hmm. Go lights the fire, holds mm-hmm. the doll up to the fire, and says, you know, speak right now, we're throwing the goddamn fire. Yeah. And the first thing that Chucky says, which is so important because you know, first impressions are mm-hmm. everything. The first thing this doll says when it comes to life is. You fucking bitch! You yeah, stupid you whore! Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This will uh, teach you to fuck with me. What did he say? He said he says you was he. She's gonna throw him in the fire, and he says he says you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. I'll teach you to fuck with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll teach you. 
I'll teach you to fuck with me. Yeah. Um, I I just it, the way that it's set up, that whole scene is just like the, you know the batteries come out of the box, then mm-hmm. it rolls under the couch, and I don't know. There just wasn't any. It's unfair to compare it to this one. I just love that mm-hmm. so much. That's such a big moment, you know. And and the difference with this one too was the doll is basically the same, and this new one, even with the AI, even when he snaps, he's basically the same doll. And mm-hmm. the old one, it was the with the lore, which is actually cool, mm-hmm. is that the doll is coming becoming human, right? Which that's already kind of that's kind of creepy anyway. So mm-hmm. when they were building the Chucky's, they had to build six different ones mm-hmm. from like the plastic, beautiful, uh, iconic doll to and all the variants up to like this fucked up, ugly man doll. Mm-hmm. I love all that stuff. I thought that was scary. I love the way they did that. Mm-hmm. Um. But how could they have done that with this? This doll's not coming to life. It's not the same thing. It just reminded me of how much I loved um, the original. Well, it's a reset. Oh no! After t- part three, I, you know, part two is okay. I'm a bigger fan of part three because that's when Chucky's reset. They they take the the remnants of the doll's um, parts and they melt them back down, and he, mm-hmm. he comes to life again. And it just opens with the doll screaming, no! This is yeah. a fucking doll again. So, uh, but the first person he comes in contact with is the, the black kid. Yeah, Tyler. So that's like, that's the lore. So he has to, he that's his only chances to that body. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, Chucky's going to be a bro. <laughs> I, I missed the, I miss the lore stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get you, I get you. I'm just glad that there was some parts to it that you did enjoy. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, when I think about it, it's like, you know, at least I said the first 20 minutes, but I'll say half of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, movie, the, movie's under nine, the movie's under 90 minutes. It's under 90 minutes. Oh, definitely. It was very, uh, it went by really fast. But I'm not <laughs> talking about, it wasn't just entertaining. I think there was a lot of good stuff in that mm-hmm. um, half of the movie. Could have been classic. Mm-hmm. You know? I could, I'll, I might have been talking about it. I don't think um, I'll ever watch it again, though. That's okay. That's okay. I'm just, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm happy seeing, from my perspective, more people are enjoying it, and the whole word of mouth thing is it's not crappy just because it's a remake. If people have legit gripes, that's fine, but at least they went and saw it to judge it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. See, that, that that's and, my problem. Uh, when people hate on it. They, people nowadays, they, they hate on it if they hear it's a remake, and I'm just like, well, you're, you could be missing out on a really at least entertaining movie. It doesn't take away, you know, it doesn't take away from the original. The original still exists. You can still I can't have, stand that. You can still I have how, just because it's a remake. How do you stay so simple? How, how do I stay so simple? Well, because I know I'll everybody. Burn, I, I, I just know I've everybody. Heart. Years, I'll burn that bridge in a heartbeat. Yeah. If you tell me that mm-hmm. a remake bothers you, then we're done. Yeah, that is just that is just so stupid. And because you know, I, I'm in my 
I'm too old for that. Mm-hmm. Remakes have not; they affect the originals in no way, shape, exactly. or form. Exactly at all. And if anything, it brings, um, you know, the, my nephew is only five, but I'm saying even mm-hmm. normal age people don't know what the original Child's Play is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They really don't. Right. And they definitely didn't know it was a horror movie because of all the, the sequels. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you have to assume teenagers have never seen the uh, those those last few that were straight to like Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to be scary. They just know the John Waters, the Britney Spears, kind of over the top, see the Chuck yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And then we put it this way: it's like if they did enjoy this one. And if they didn't know it was a remake, it might make them want to go see the original. That's what I was saying. It, yeah. that's the, that's it the, doesn't hurt it at all. It no. brings a new audience to it. And, and chances are they will say, uh, you know, because these uh, uh, every generation's attention span gets shorter and shorter. So chances are, this is what the kid's going to say. I try to watch child play. It's so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, I would be pessimistic to think that there aren't some smarter kids with longer teacher spans that will really enjoy it because that's my favorite thing. Even my nephew, he really gets into those. Great, um... Sorry. <laughs> I thought that was ice. Your ice no. machine exploded. No, that's my wife. She, she's she's getting the ice machine going. Right. Oh, it still works? Yeah. She did it on purpose. She does this every time I live stream. It's like her thing now. I'm thirsty. Oh, that's that's fine. It just scared me. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Your, it wasn't your computer shutting down. That was my wife making a drink. I got a weak ticker. <laughs> I scare easily. And but see that that that's what's great is I. You know, it, it can open it up like you like we said to people going and seeing the original. I've gotten in so many arguments, you know, arguments with people that crap on just remakes in general, but then they don't realize that like John Carpenter's The Thing is a remake. They don't realize oh my God. Like, they don't realize that Cronenberg's The Fly is a remake. Or how about everything remake? Yeah. Or even um the blob from you know the eighties, you know, that 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 See, they don't realize that's a remake. Do you realize what you're doing right now? You're listing all of the 80s horror remakes of movies from the 50s. Mm-hmm. And all of them mm-hmm. were necessary. Uh, they had to be made because... Uh, and they weren't even doing it on purpose. They had to bring... The next generation wanted more gore, wanted mm-hmm. more scares. And uh, they're all incredible. The, mm-hmm. the, the remakes of... Uh, even though, uh, in my opinion... I still think the original uh, thing is uh, the Howard Hawks thing is just mm-hmm. as good as the John Carpenter one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't totally dismiss it, right? Um, but like the Fly is better than the original. The Blob mm-hmm. is ten times better than the original. Yeah. Um, um, but that was a that was a fad in the eighties. They did um, Invasion from Mars with mm-hmm. Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. Super gory, over the top remake of this fifties movies. I love. I, I want a box set. I've been talking about this for a long time. I, they should. They can't do it. But I'm. I'm going to buy all these. I want a set of the originals. Like there's like five or six that they did, and mm-hmm. then the remake right next to them. Yeah. Uh, I. I still can't believe they haven't put those out on like a, a double packs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
You should get the uh, Cronenberg fly with the original Vincent Price on on in one one case. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like like a lot of those got to be public domain, or the rights got to be really loose. Like I'm sure the the Steve McQueen blob would be easy to just to do that for. Yeah, I don't know if any of them are public domain, but they're definitely cheap. I mean, yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love all of those. The only now the only one that's not better. And I've been in huge arguments about this is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So you the original the the one from the fifties with Kevin McCarthy or whatever? Yes. Is they've you know they made they've remade it like six times. Mm -hmm. But uh, most people prefer the Donald Sutherland, Jeff Goldblum one, which is fantastic. It Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's as good as uh uh the original, which is like more tight and more Mm -hmm. intense. Mm -hmm. There's no like there's no dead spaces. Right. I watch it every Halloween. I love it. Maybe it's I should. Start that yeah, that was that's a that's a fun one, and I I'll always watch a movie with Kevin McCarthy. I, I love that man. Oh God, he's great. I just got the. Uh, I very rarely get uh, expensive Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the one from uh, Olive Films. Mm-hmm. It's got like fucking hundred hours of extra features in all like like four different commentaries from historians and people. It's fantastic. It's one of the best purchases ever. Nice. Um, I can't physically get to it, but I would show you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll watch anything with that man because he's just he's just fun to watch, whether it be UHF or Twilight Zone the movie or Inner Space yep. or anything. Yep, those are all classics. And, and that's what I like. I always I always mention like I'm a huge Joe Dante fan, and you know how Joe. Joe has his circling group of people that are always in his movies. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and, and Kevin McCarthy is one of them, you know, starting from the very first Piranha, you know, Kevin McCarthy was in that. And it was great how he couldn't physically get him for Gremlin. So he threw in uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers with him that Gizmo was watching on TV. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I just watched uh, Gremlins with commentary. Mm-hmm. Recently, like uh, last Christmas, and mm-hmm. it's it's Joe Dante's commentary. Mm-hmm. And he's talking with like uh, I think uh, the, an interviewer. You know, sometimes they have they have uh, commentaries where there's an interviewer, so mm-hmm. like try to keep him constantly talking. Yeah, and he said something about uh, like the cartoons that you were watching weren't mm-hmm. what were on the screen. They couldn't get the rights to it. They put it in post. Yeah, so. But where wait where is he in um the the first Piranha movie? He's the one that they uh, that are on. He's on the on the raft with no, them. I said the burbs. Oh, the burbs? No, I don't think he's in the Piranha. Am I? Am I getting that mixed up? I think so. Yeah, he's not in the burbs. Joe Dante, right? Yeah, Joe Dante is the burbs, but he also directed the very first Piranha. From the seventies, right? But he's but he's not in the Burbs though. No, he's not in there at all. I don't think so. That's crazy. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I know he's not. He's not in the end credits. Well, they did a good. Um, they did no. a good homage in the in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake, the one with the with Jeff Goldblum, because that I think that's that was really classy. 
mm-hmm. when he shows up in the city and uh, they immediately like uh, he gets run over by a car and everyone's just standing around him. Mm-hmm. Or did the police? I don't remember. I thought that was great. Yeah. And then you know he's in the the Twilight Zone the movie segment. That one was also that one was Joe Dante as well. That's fuck. That's uh, that still gives me nightmares. Think just think that was really one of the scary ones. Mm-hmm. The the scene. Uh, a lot of people were creeped up by like the whole the giant monster rabbit. What creeped me out more was seeing the 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 sister in the wheelchair without the mouth. Ugh. That's that's what creeped me out. Yeah, you're gonna think, but when it's just so iconic, the first thing everyone thinks about is the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Um, I think everyone it, that movie gets a bad rap because of uh, what's his name who murdered the two actors, <laughs> John Landon, when he he killed yeah. Vic Morrow and the two kids. Yeah, it, you know, and that is like the the weakest link mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he's a piece of shit. He he did murder them, but uh, I love the. You, do you like Richard Donner as a director? Mm-hmm. For the most part, like I like the Lethal Weapons. I like Goonies and um, Sixteen Blocks is a is a fun one that not a lot of people ever mention with Bruce Willis. I like. I'm I'm a diehard fan of him. Now, of course, I you love, know uh, Superman. Of course, love Superman. Omen. Hmm. Uh, but a lot of people don't know he directed the first um, terror at thirty thousand miles, whatever the name of the Twilight Zone episode is with the gremlin on the mm-hmm. airplane wing. Uh, terror at thirty thousand feet, I think. Exactly with mm-hmm. uh, William Shatner, and I mm-hmm. still to this day, um, there's two things I can't decide. I probably will never be able to. Uh, the Twilight Zone episode, Richard Donner versus the John Lithgow, which he was John Lithgow was. Well, he's born to play all those psycho roles in the eighties, mm-hmm. but this this paranoid uh, guy on the airplane is like to me maybe the best thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Like on in a movie, Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow. Yeah, and uh, those two I can't decide which better. And also, Twelve Angry Men, the original uh, Henry Fonda classic, and the remake with uh, that William Friedkin did with George mm-hmm. Scott. Mm-hmm. I love both of them equally. I can't decide which one I like more. Mm. That's fair because any other movie I can just tell you without even having to think which one's better. Right. Yeah, but, but, but now and now I want to go watch at least the segment with uh, Lithgow and and the Gremlin because I just absolutely love that. I, I love that it's whole. Terrifying. I know. Well, the. But what makes it even more terrifying is how they updated it because in the original, they very low budget. Instead mm. of having, um, you can't have an animatronic. They didn't have the type of puppetry that uh, the Stan Winston stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just it looks like um, you know when people think of like the the scariest thing in um, The Shining is when that the guy in the bear suit or dog suit's blowing that butler. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. similar to that. The gremlin in the original one yeah. is kind of just like a bear suit. Yeah, I used to always call it like a big giant teddy bear. Yeah, and that's so scary. And then in the new one, it's the super realistic, mm-hmm. creepy gremlin. Yeah, and yeah, and we'll, just we'll, ripping the shit out of it. And what's great is he they keep it in the shadows for every time you see it, except for the very end where you see the light shining on it. 
as they're going towards you know the the runway, and then you see how strike. Yeah, and how fucking creepy it really looks. And the best part is, my favorite part is after it it grabs Lithgow by the face. You know, after Lithgow tries to shoot it, and it just does the finger wag, like, and it's like saying, "No one's gonna believe you," and jumps away. Yeah. 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 Just just jumps out into the uh, nothingness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now I gotta go watch that. Mm -hmm. It's been so long. Um, that that one's that one still holds up. I watched. I, it's been maybe like a year or so, but I think at least the Lithgow one still holds up. And the the Dante one is still creepy. Um, I never really liked the kick the can one with Scatman Crothers. <laughs> I, I I like that one because everyone hates that one. That's Steven Spielberg. I like uh, all all of his creepy um, old people things that he was doing in the eighties. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And producing it, I don't understand his obsession with that. But wait, no, you have seen Cocoon. It was Whitey you hadn't seen Cocoon. Yeah, you guys that, was, that, was, that was Ron Howard, though. Oh That's yeah, I know. But I was what draw what drew me to that was Batteries Not Included, mm. which was which he produced that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I think Batteries Not Included because of uh, what's her name, uh, Jessica Tandy. Yeah, I automatically think those to me they're the same movie. Like batteries included cocoon, just one's on the one's on the water and one's not. Yeah. Um but I didn't really get to talk to you about it. We don't need to talk about it right now, but I, I honestly do think Cocoon's a great it's like an incredible movie. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I liked it. I was kind of, you know, embellishing it for Whitey just to make just to see his reaction. <laughs> it's about all these old people. That, that sneak into the pool and they, they swim around with these giant turds in the water and then they all have, have sex with each other and Ski, Steve Gutenberg shows up and then they make a sequel, you know? Yeah. Hey, if you had no Steve. idea, you know, about Cocoon at all and someone explained it to you like that, you would react just as he did. I know. That's why I want him to review it. Because <laughs> if you didn't... I, I just... I can't imagine not knowing what that is. And mm-hmm. how, like, um, you know... What I what would be going through my mind if someone explained that to me mm-hmm. as an adult? I'd be like, no, not watching that. Yeah, the the sex scene involves Jessica Tandy and Donna Michi. Who does not not? You know, my wife's giggling in the background. Like, who doesn't want to see that in a Ron Howard film? You know? Yeah, and that's a that's an actor. He's one of those old actors who never aged. Like, mm-hmm. if you watch, there's like a, I saw him in like a 1930s gangster movie. Mm-hmm. And they, those people were born old. <laughs> he was born like, I mean, he maybe he could pass for 50 in that 30s movie. <laughs> I don't understand those old actors that, that were born that old. Yeah. They're, they were never young. It's insane. You know, like a baby's, uh, baby's born with all those wrinkles and he just kept them. You know, he never got rid of them. Well, it's just a, some kind of psychological phenomena that, I mean, I don't know what the the scientific, uh, I can't get into the science of it, but they talk about like uh, every generation uh, thinks the last generation was uglier. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And if you do, if you go look at your one of your parents' yearbooks, uh-huh. you will think that. You'll be like, this is gross. <laughs> look at their hair and, the, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was watching, I was watching Carrie, yeah, just last night, and I'm like, wow, 
this is 1976. You know, who's who? I don't know who had the better perm, Amy Irving or William, William Cat, watching that movie when they're both in frame together. Yeah. Um, it's definitely William Cat. Yeah. But, you know, is that even real? Mm-hmm. I think it is. I think it is because he's also in world, was a world's greatest hero or greatest American hero. He's got mm-hmm. it just, you know, trimmed down into a fro. Well, I mean, this. I'm, a lot of people might not know this, but this I, I read um, Gene Wilder's biography, I don't mm-hmm. know, 10, 15 years ago. I still have a copy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of like killed, it kind of hurt me, was when I found, I didn't know that um, he wore wigs in all of his movies. Oh, I didn't so know. You think of, until he got old, like if you watch one of his old, when he's an old man, like in um, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Mm-hmm. He just has really shitty, fine, curly hair. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, Charlie, I mean, Willy Wonka, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, all Blazing Saddles, you know that really mm-hmm. epic comb over curly hair that he has? Mm-hmm. It's totally fake. It's not real because yeah. he had really bad, fine hair. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's possible. But my favorite is um, when uh, when actors get older and they shave their heads clean. Like uh, Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. uh, that's because a lot of them were bald to begin with. Like I didn't know this. Like they didn't just get people don't get bald when they're fifty. Like they right. a normal bald person starts going bald in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, that's that's how I am. I was yeah, real so real. Go to the actors that are clean shaven now, go back and watch their older movies, knowing that. Okay, so I got this movie at the thrift store with Billy Zane. Okay, he's not clean shaven. Because mm-hmm. that's cool it's because he's always been bald yep and uh i went back and watched this it's like it's early 90s movie where he's a uh, a bank robbing hacker it's one of the worst things i've ever seen but every shot every shot close up it's so fake mm-hmm. that i, I, I actually said out loud i don't know who the director was i was listening to someone who has worked with billy zane and you know he's been bald, balding at least since the '80s. And he goes to sets with a briefcase full of wigs, and he says, "Which one would you like me to wear?" <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's it's funny you watch Billy Zane clean shaven, saying like Demon Knight, okay? Yeah. And then go back and watch him in Critters with like the rat tail and everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was I was thinking, who's in Troll? The first Troll. Um. Well, the the you mean the I, I just watched that today. You mean the not, kid? Not Leonardo. Um, or no, no one Hathaway is the is the kid. Oh no no no! I'm kidding. I was getting that confused with Critters. I was thinking he was in that for some reason. Or George Clooney in Troll. George no in Troll. There's Sonny Bono. No. <laughs> Big difference. Uh, Let's no, see. No, well, no, no. Are we talking just like male actors? Let's see. Troll has Noah Hathaway, Sonny Bono. Um, no, it, it's Critters. I, I was thinking, uh, for okay, some well, reason, you said Critters, I was thinking Troll. Okay, Critters has uh, Billy Greenbush. He's the dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmett Walsh. He's the, the cop. He's in everything. Yeah, he's in everything. Um, uh, Scott Grimes plays the boy. I'm trying to think. Um, Don Opper is Charlie the drunk. Who plays well, the the other bounty hunter? Oh, uh, Terrence Mann is the main bounty hunter. That's his name. 
Terrence Mann. I'm talking about the sexy one that looks like uh, t- t- uh, Johnny Steele. Like, the one that looks like Tim Curry. Yeah, Johnny Steele. His name is Terrence Mann. Okay, what did he? What what happened to that guy? I don't know. I think he was he was big on Broadway. Actually, that's I where like the he was a big Broadway guy, and I think after Critters, he went back to Broadway until they did Critters 2, 3, and 4, and then he just went back to working the stage. It's weird that he didn't do movies because he's so, um, he had like, he was very charismatic, and that the mm-hmm. face of Critters became, what's his name? The Charlie. Donna. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Um, I was excited for a, a second when they, uh, we're getting way off topic here. I want to say something about Troll. But sure. when, they, when Kevin Bacon was going to come back to Tremors mm-hmm. for like a TV show, I was so excited about that. They they filmed a pilot, and I guess it just wasn't picked up because you can go on YouTube. There's clips of him in uh, that pilot available. Why the fuck would that not get picked up? Kevin Bacon's still made. Tremors. They he, did so many sequels. Yeah, I think they're on six now, working on seven. Yeah, I've seen them all. They're they're very entertaining, but they're really bad. I haven't I haven't did watched you, anything past four, the prequel. Uh, did you see the one in the snow that like, takes mm-hmm. place in the Arctic, but it's shot in the desert? <laughs> it's just shot in California, and they they up the white balance so that everything's white, but it's not it's not snow; it's just dirt. No, oh, no. it's fantastic. Now I have another reason to watch it. Yeah, it's like they were not going to pay; they weren't paying these people enough to go to like even something remotely cold. So. Mm-hmm. Which I love that, like in old cowboy movies, they did a, they put um, like the really bad cowboy movies, they'd shoot uh, day for night and they put like a, a dark film over the camera. Mm-hmm. But they can't put a film over the fucking sun. So everything has like a 12 o'clock shadow. It's so <laughs> stupid. Uh. Um, but you know, uh, I watched Troll, the original, I mean, two or three years ago, whenever, I mean, probably mm-hmm. longer than that, whenever the Blu-ray came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was... That's the one I watched this morning. I always remember, liked it because it was creepy, and it's still creepy. It is. It's so scary. I don't know why people... My uh, daughter sat down and watched, like, the last 20 minutes with me because I was watching it last night after Carrie, and then I went to bed, and then I just finished it today. She sat down and watched it. And she looked like there's the scene in the forest where you got all the little troll minions and they're doing their little song. And exactly. sure, one's a pig, so you can't really laugh at that. But then you got the one, the one weird, retarded looking one with the spider legs and the and the, the big spear. And then you got the one in the background that's got the bat face. And it was it's really creepy. And especially when you throw in that song with them singing. Yeah, I just I love the look of all of the trolls. I love the look of the main troll. Right, and that's just the uh, the uh, the otherworldly fantasy stuff, mm-hmm. like the whole like uh, the troll itself mm-hmm. is is horrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'll never I never forgot that face, even though I mean, like, uh, I don't know if people think it's cheesy today, but it's so the first one's completely overshadowed by the cult thing of part two, yeah. the worst movie. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I don't get, because there's there's way more interesting bad movies than that. Yeah, it's but, definitely uh, Troll Two is definitely you do need to. I do think you should watch it if you like film, but 
after you see it that initial one time, never see it unless you have a group of people with you and you got some beer and pizza. Other than that, it's not worth watching. Oh, yeah. But my the thing that pisses me off though is there's this phenomena of of these people this this uh, culture today of millennial kids that mm-hmm. don't they don't really watch good movies they mm-hmm. just watch bad movies on purpose to make fun of them mm-hmm. and that that's fine mm-hmm. but the, there's a troll too because it's so popular the same people that watch that to make fun of it and go to the midnight shows and all that they 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 have a lot of them don't haven't seen the first one. Yeah, they're not even interested because because the thing is with Troll Two, with how bad it is, they already know going into it has nothing to do with the original, so they don't care. Yeah, but do you remember this? We're 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 close to the same age. I we have to be. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like when that came out? Um, I mean, and uh, I'm a I, I grew up in a small town in Mississippi, so when I was younger, our movie theaters only had two screens. Like the big ones had four. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of these movies we got for the first time on VHS. There was mm-hmm. no chance for me to see Troll in a theater because it only played probably in five cities or something. Yeah, most most of my mine was HBO. That's where I saw basically all my stuff. Oh, we had that too. We, I mm-hmm. mean, I got I was getting it from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I demanded it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but do you remember? Uh, the VHS, I'll never forget it. They had these, the stand, my favorite thing, if I mm-hmm. had money, all these people collect stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has their own thing that they like to collect. If I had money, I would collect standees. Those are my favorite, mm-hmm. like of all time. And I look on eBay, once a week, I look for old uh, standees based on movies that I love. And it just makes me mad because I have no money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original troll standee, I'll never forget that. Because it was so creepy. It was the troll. It was life-size, right? Mm-hmm. So the standee was the same exact size as the troll guy, and he was holding the ball mm-hmm. with the star on it, and he had the ring. like mm-hmm. It was glowing. It, I just wonder if... Um, I just said, I just told you I search all the time once a week. I've never mm-hmm. looked for that. But I, I forgot about it just now. <laughs> I forgot that that existed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Sometimes we go to the store, the the VHS store, right before it opened, or right as it was closing, and the lights would be out. And I, I remember when that was there, mm-hmm. seeing it in the dark, with like you know the security light coming down on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's got to creep the hell out of me. That I think would... that has something to do with it being uh, extra scary to me. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it just the great, the great thing about that movie today is that um, it has like a it's one of these things like Hook. Uh, the the Peter Pan movie that mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg made it has this really like cheesy daytime Sesame Street feel like on purpose mm-hmm. because because that sets up the contrast for like the nightmare world you know what I mean yep. I just love that they don't do things like that anymore yeah yeah I, I still enjoyed Troll this was when I watched it last night and this morning it was the first time I I've seen it like the original one mm-hmm. oh God and maybe 10 years and it wasn't just nostalgia that made me enjoy it you know as i've gotten older you know i've enjoyed you know puppetry more and what's gone into special yeah. effects and like that shit still holds up they tried still really hard really well and, and you know john john bukler, bukler the the director he's known for his 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 makeup effects and puppetry work because he did um friday the 13th part seven you know that the jason wow. versus Terry one so when okay. when when that's shot down the street for me. 
Yeah, really. So I shot thirty minutes from here. That's cool. It's, a, it's in Alabama, but I'm on. You know how Alabama and Mississippi have the little uh, kickstands. Mm-hmm. So you know it's all the same thing. But yeah, it, it was shot uh, right, very close to here. Yeah, so I think like Troll was his first feature. That was in '86, I want to say. I didn't know that because you know Friday Thirteenth Seven. And Seven Part Seven came out in '88, I think. That might be. That's like yeah, because '89 was eight. Jay Stakes yeah. Manhattan. I, I saw that in the theater. Okay. I'll never forget that experience. So it had to be the year before, and um, you know that might be my favorite uh, Jason looking. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's he's so horrifying, and you got the better when you get the mask. Yeah, you got the exposed kneecaps and the spine in the back, and yeah, it's all wet, mm-hmm. and, like, gross. Yeah, um, and you know, then Chase takes Manhattan. It's just too to me. The it's too neat. The mm-hmm. wetness. It's yeah. all just it's too proportional. Mm-hmm. The seven is like uh like Ghost Rider ish. Yeah, well, like I said, if if you knew that it was Buchler, you know he can do gross. And he did yeah, it well. Didn't know that. That's great. Well, the troll is very gross. Yeah. Well, there, there's a scene where I, it was the scene where he's made, where he turns the little midget actor, you know, who's also the troll in the suit. Um, didn't know that. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's really him. I love that guy. So when he turns him into an elf, you know, because the little girl knows he's dying, blah, blah, blah. Have you ever wanted to be an elf? So she, you know, hits him with the ring and he comes out as this little elf puppet creature, you know, with the pointy ears. Yeah. There's this close-up of the, the troll's name is Torak. There's this close-up of him, and lots of times it's just, you know, you get the regular close-up of him, but in this particular scene, he's got a he's got a stream of snot coming out of his nose, and it just adds to how disgusting he looks in this semi-sweet scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I No, I do remember that. And it just makes it more unnerving to look at this when he's just for no reason. He's just got snot rolling down. And then the next time we see him, he's, he's totally clean again. So he, yeah. he's good at making things disgusting. Well, you said you hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that in 20, at least 25 years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was really expecting it to be a fucking horrible movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's still a lot of fun. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It needs, it needs a new audience. That's my point. Well, I keep telling people, I said, you got to get it out there because just, just trick them. Say Harry. The character's name is Harry Potter. Use right. that. Use that. Like like the, the, the kid is Harry Potter Jr., but the dad, his name is Harry Potter. He reviews books. So Harry Potter is, in, is reviewing books. Just trick them into that, and then they'll wonder, what the fuck am I watching? And then maybe they'll sit down and just watch it from beginning to end. You think that bitch stole it from that movie? <laughs> Well, the thing is, there was it's a huge troll fan. Buchler has been asked many times in interviews, and he says she might have been influenced. And of course, J.K. Rowling, you know, after she's made all of her money, she says, "Oh, it's just a coincidence." Definitely. Yeah, we'll see. And now Buchler's dead, so it's not like you know he can defend himself. Right. Maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe that's why a lot of people haven't even heard of Troll One. She like she owns it and buys. It. She's trying to buy up all the copies of it or some shit. Yeah, see, that's the conspiracy theory we need. Instead of all this Kubrick shining stuff, we need the J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter troll conspiracy, and you know, go into the rabbit hole with that. Oh, uh, I have a million conspiracies. This that's what this channel is going. To, I'm going to do um, uh, like stacks of movies. Mm-hmm. 
like how to show you. I have hundreds of, literally hundreds of VHS movies that I've watched. Mm-hmm. I have this mm-hmm. rule, right, where I only buy um, movies from the thrift store on VHS that I haven't seen. Okay. And then I watch them, and um, what I'm going to do is I'll just pick a random stack. I just pulled this off the top, and I'm mm-hmm. just going to this will be an episode. I'm going to talk about each one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I want to do more discussion videos and lots of conspiracy stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of, especially um, I think, we did we already talk about the Kevin Bacon conspiracy? No. We haven't talked about that? Uh, I don't okay. think you and I have ever brought up Kevin Bacon. Okay, well I'll just give you a taste. Okay. Okay. Taste we don't have time. We don't have time. Just a taste of this bacon conspiracy. Okay. Um, and I'm not interested in talking about anything that anyone's already talked. No one's ever thought of this before. It has to be 100% original conspiracies. Okay. This one's, this one, this one's original. Okay. Now, the conspiracy is... Now, is this coming from you? This this theory? This is... Oh, they're all coming from me. Okay, gotcha. That's, that's, that's the whole premise. That's what this channel has. I can't... I'm not going to talk about someone else's conspiracy. This gotcha. is one that I thought of when I was looking, um, I, I I was thinking about um, Brat Pack, the Brat Packers. Now, okay. the definition, the technical definition of a, a Brat Packer is that you had to have been in one of the two movies released in 1985, which is St. Elmo's Fire and The okay. Breakfast Club. Okay. If you're not in one of those movies, then you're not in the Brat Pack. Okay. And this this was from a, a film critic at the time um, who came up, who coined that term. And I just accept that. I love that criteria mm-hmm. that's my criteria mm-hmm. and now the biggest movie of 1984 in that uh, genre was footloose mm-hmm. huge movie made kevin bacon a household name overnight huge huge movie okay i was wondering why is he not why was he not in one of those two movies in may 1985 he's friends with all of these people they're mm-hmm. from they they went to school together they're the same clique um, and he's not in St. Elmo's Fire, and he's not in The Breakfast Club. Now, I'm thinking he intentionally turned down both of those movies, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. maybe Breakfast Club, he looked a little too old, which he didn't, mm-hmm. and maybe St. Elmo's Fire, whatever. He turned him down because he didn't want to get typecast mm-hmm. as one of these stupid John Hughes-esque um, teenage characters, but that's not it at all. I went to his timeline and I looked at everything he's ever done. There's only one year of his entire existence that he didn't make anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't make any movies. He didn't make any movies. I looked at his uh, stage records of all the plays that he did. 1985, he made no plays. He started mm-hmm. no plays. He's not in any movies. He didn't mm-hmm. take vacation. He wasn't getting married. He didn't have illnesses. He didn't have any kids. He had kids like after and before. Mm-hmm. 1985, he did nothing. Mm. I researched interviews with him. He's never talked about it. So I, I reached out him through Twitter, uh-huh. uh, and he, I got no response, obviously, because I sound like a fucking psycho. <laughs> but my theory is mm-hmm. he purposefully was not... He didn't want to be a Brat Packer. They didn't have the term at the time, but he didn't <laughs> want to be a part of that clique, so he just didn't do anything for that mm-hmm. year. And uh, that's my conspiracy. Hmm. 
what were you doing in 1985, Kevin Bacon? Because <laughs> there's just a hole. There's just a hole on your record. Why would uh, – and then, see, the thing is, he did all these interviews post-Footloose. Um, the year <laughs> after, when he started making movies again in 86, he did interviews talking about how he's in a rut mm-hmm. and he can't shake um, the typecast from – Footloose. It doesn't make sense to me. When you're you're you strike when the iron's hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, who? What other kind of actor did that? It's never happened. It just doesn't make sense. He's the biggest actor in America, mm-hmm. in this huge movie, and then he just stops for a year, and he doesn't ever talk about it. He only talks. He only complains that he wasn't getting the roles that he wanted. So, mm-hmm. I think uh, someone needs to talk to him. I, I want to know what he was doing in 1985. <laughs> That's actually good. would make a really good video. I'm, yeah, I'm actually really interested now. Imagine that, but um, you know, with like visuals and mm-hmm. editing. <laughs> what do you think he was doing? That's true. What was he doing? Footloose. Well, what was his? Name? Make- what was his film after Footloose? They're all, for the most part, the they were bombs. He mm-hmm. did. Um, he did like Quicksilver, and uh, the he started in the John Hughes, the worst John Hughes movie. She's having a baby. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't talk about that because it's so bad. There's what what there's one I would I I have this DVD that I'm watching. It's called the Six Degrees Collection, and it's all it's six different Kevin Bacon films, mm. and it's called I think the Big Picture or the Last Picture or something like that, where he's trying to make it in Hollywood. I wonder what year. I don't know what year that. The, isn't that the Big Picture? Is Christopher Guest directed that? Yeah, and that's horrible. Yeah, I, we, I hated it. I was I, I went I left the room. I left I let it play, and I went and did laundry in the other room. Yeah, I was really talking bad. to my friend on, on my phone. I'm like, this movie's still on. Well, if it's not a mockumentary, then like he did that in uh, Almost Heroes. That's like unwatchable. Mm-hmm. Christopher Guest should be ashamed of himself for those movies. And then, but it was good because after that came uh, Flatliners, and that one was that was a spooky one to watch. I love it. I love mm-hmm. Flatliners. That's a you know that was a it's a Bruckheimer. It was it was Bruckheimer. That was his follow up to um, that was Schumacher. Fire. Schumacher. I mean Schumacher. Yeah, Joel Schumacher. He did that. That was his follow up to um, Samuel's Fire. Mm-hmm. Like the you know because that was such a big hit. He's like, I'm gonna make this movie about a. Uh, these college students that bring people back from the dead. I think it's a great movie. And see, that's that's another thing with, with Schumacher. You know, me and the wife are doing the Batman movies. We're going to talk about Batman and Robin tomorrow. And um, and then I think I'll probably upload it on Tuesday or something. But people now it seems like he's just been pigeonholed into the Batman films, you know, because of the jokes, you know, the bat nipples and this and that on the suit. If you just focus on Batman and Robin and to a lesser extent, the Lost Boys, you're missing out on Flatliners. You're missing oh. out on St. Elmo's no, no. Fire. No, you're totally right. I, I got that mixed up. Uh, Lost Boys was the follow-up, but I'm talking about like Brat Packer. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Flatliners had uh, some uh, other people to a, a lesser definition is if you're in a movie with the Brat Packer, you mm-hmm. are by association a Brat Packer, but I don't, I don't count that. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, I, was, I was just talking about people missing out on Schumacher's films in general. I mean, oh, if no, you just no, focus way too much on, on Batman and Robin, you're missing out on Flatliners. He did a really good movie. I, I'm almost positive it was him. 
Not time too many to people enjoy it. What, what, time to kill. No, not um, time to kill. Um, the not fucking a time to kill. That he did that, but he did the other John Grisham one first, right? The uh, where the kid witnessed him kill himself. The client. The client. Fantastic. And then I like, I mean, phone booth with Colin Farrell, where he's stuck in the phone booth, and you got Kiefer Sutherland as a sniper trying to keep him in. I have fun okay. with that movie. I really enjoy it. I do too because it's ridiculous. Yeah. At the same time, we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna get to know me. We're gonna mm-hmm. another thing is um, Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. I got a big problem with Colin Farrell. Um, and that's another that's kind of a conspiracy thing. So we'll talk mm-hmm. about that another time. Yep. But maybe just we... know for the record, I fucking hate his guts. Uh, maybe and maybe the reason why I... he literally ruins everything that he's in. Well, I don't know. I think he made Daredevil better. I loved him in Daredevil. As Bullseye? <laughs> yes, I did. Hey, I that's a fun movie. Yep. I don't care what anyone says. It's mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's fun. It's one of those... Well, first of all... I've defended it. That's uh, It's in one of my You Hate It, I Don't. I've defended Daredevil, and I will no, keep defending it, because it's, it's so fun. No, that was the point I was going to make. I don't have time to... to I, I wouldn't, if I were you, well, your videos are entertaining, though. I wouldn't waste my breath with those people. If you don't think Daredevil's entertaining, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck and uh, Fatso uh, uh, Farvra, mm-hmm. uh, his sidekick is so hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. You know what? What the fuck was I trying to say? We were talking Brat Packers and Schumacher, and then you hated on oh, Colin Farrell. Batman, Batman. You're talking about Batman. Yeah. Pe- this is going to be like a uh, people are going to be very upset with this. Mm-hmm. I have a real problem with Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. with, with his movies in general. Yeah, you and I have talked about that before, especially his Batman movies. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's the one that ruined comic books for a generation of kids. Like, he's, only, only, he's made them too dark and brooding, and that's what like everyone Batman. wants. And another conspiracy, one of my original conspiracies, that he ruined Superman on purpose. Okay, we'll talk about that too. But he's the one when they asked him, "What do you want to do after this Batman?" He went to the to the uh, production company and said, "I want uh, to produce a dark Superman." He was uh-huh. trying to sab- He wanted his Batman movies uh-huh. that are that are super overrated to be up to put uh-huh. him on a pedestal. The only competition in DC is Bat is Superman. Uh-huh. So he 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 hired people that don't like Superman to write on the Superman. record to make Superman. Wow! Like Dave, David S. Goyer is on the record. He doesn't like. He's never liked Superman. He's a Batman fan, and he was the guy he picked to to make it. So, and he knew giving it to Zack Snyder would just like, like mm-hmm. he knew that give it to him would just be like he's it's guaranteed to fuck it up. It's like in the Goonies when uh when he hands chunk the the painting. He he's counting down one, two, three, four. Exactly the same thing. Yep. Christopher Nolan did with Zack Snyder. So he sabotaged Superman on purpose. But back to Batman, this mm-hmm. might be shocking. Even people that I know think this is stupid, but my favorite Batman is uh, the Adam West Batman. Mm. I know that's insane, but there's so many more, like with the Tim Burton Batman, which is like masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Keaton's amazing. I know all these things. I saw mm-hmm. it in the theater. We all know this. We all know why Batman's great, but that's only like ninety minutes, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing over and over again. There's so many goddamn episodes of that old Batman show. Yeah, just so much. 
entertainment and i love like uh the the uh the sherlock holmes aspect of it because mm-hmm. he's basically sherlock holmes yeah and, and robin is watson that's just that's what it is i don't mm-hmm. care anyone they, they directly stole no, so it like, definitely see that that's a none of the other i mean if you really if you think about it all of the batman movies including the new shitty nolan ones he's mm-hmm. not really a super detective in any of them right the only one that where he's an actual detective or Sherlock Holmes is the uh, the Adam West show. And I like the movie too. I don't care what it says. Yeah. But um, you know, obviously yeah, can... well, well, mean my wife will talk about it like during our review, but we had a lot of fun with Batman and Robin. You know, everyone shits on it, and then we watched it and we're like, is it well made? Yeah. But everyone knew what they were in. It, yeah. it it reminded me of the '60s Batman. It was pure camp. That's why I brought it up. That's what it yeah. reminded me. Yeah, it's Arnold. Like a- Arnold. It's one of I think, you know, based on because he knows what he's in. I think it's one of Arnold's best performances because he is a true in this in this in this perspective. He is a true cheesy 1960s 70s comic book villain with the puns with his look with the way he's yeah. acting poison ivy is fun uma thurman is fun in this huh. everyone shits on clooney i thought clooney was knew what he was in and he did fine um the only person i shit on is alicia silverstone i just think that's just because she sucked in it but overall uh, we had a lot of fun watching batman and robin we were it's almost two hours long if not we were never bored we were entertained we were having fun we were laughing and that when was the last time honestly when you sat down you know and watched a superhero movie and had fun in reason I, I can tell you i can tell you it was Shazam really oh yeah mm-hmm. Shazam was absolutely amazing i i i want to see it i, I initially i didn't cuz i thought it looked too goofy and i thought the guy who played Shazam Look too much like Jimmy Kimmel, and I, I hate him with a passion. You just like looks like him. But I, I understand, but you fucked up not seeing that one. I'm going to because I'm just so sick and tired of the seriousness in these films. Like I, I, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy films because they're fun. They're not trying to be overly serious. They have serious moments, but that's not 90% of the film. Sure. So I enjoy those. Um, like I, I keep pissing off so many you know purists and nerds i wasn't a big fan of avengers endgame i keep telling people it was boring to me i well it had a lot of it it was so important and it was so dramatic i'm like i don't always want drama in my superhero movies i want shit blowing up i want you know cool action i want you know a little bit of comedy here and there that works i didn't get that in endgame i was bored through most of that film i'll take it a step further i hate all those fucking movies uh, the reason I hated uh, Avengers Endgame is because there wasn't enough Thanos, obviously. Yep. My 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 problem was A, not enough Thanos. B, I understand that eventually in the comics, Hulk becomes this nerd, but they made him funny and the punchlines never worked. Although I did like Fat Thor. I'll, I'll give them props for Fat Thor. He was Definitely. funny because Helmsworth is, is funny as hell. Well, um, if they if they put him in the Guardians, I, I'm not a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. At mm-hmm. all, but if he's part of that, mm-hmm. I'm going to the next one. If yeah. Fat Thor is in the Guardians, <laughs> I can't then, wait. Um, 
I mean, I didn't like, you know, I haven't seen Captain Marvel's solo film, but seeing her in Endgame made me hate the character, just the way she acted. They make a big deal that she's going to be in Endgame, but she does two things in the beginning and at the very end. So that was a waste. Um, like you said, not enough Thanos, not enough action till the end of the film. I was incredibly bored through probably 90 minutes of a nearly two hour or two and a half hour film. Well, it's so complicated, but I mean, basically with uh, what's the one before that? What's the Thanos one called? Infinity War. Okay, Infinity War. Uh, um, we're talking about the same one where he snaps his finger and everyone, half the people mm-hmm. don't exist. Mm-hmm. That movie is great. Yeah, I and love that one. A lot of it, they say, uh, these nerds will say, um, you know, Thanos is so great because, uh, or not even nerds, just people online mm-hmm. trying to explain the movie will say, Thanos is finally a bad guy done right because we had 10 years of building him up. No. None of those shitty ten-year movies matter. There was no in my. There was no build-up to Thanos. I could care less. I could care less about any of those movies or his little cameos at the end of them. That right. there was no build-up for Thanos for me. There was the delivery by uh, who's the actor who played him? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. The writers of that movie fucking killed it. No, I there's that the build-up didn't matter. I, I'm so. If I could have skipped all of that, I didn't need any of that. Mm-hmm. They finally just wrote a good bad guy, and they had someone who performed a good bad guy who mm-hmm. wasn't just like trying to put a laser on top of a building. Mm-hmm. And um, what what's sad is they just threw all that away. I know that uh, people in general are pussies, and they need they can't they you can't have a, a sad ending. Mm-hmm. But the ending of that movie is so epic. Mm-hmm. It it would have just it would have been justification to me for having to sit through all the shitty movies if they would have left it at that. I don't I know that's not possible, but that's that's mm-hmm. the problem with this cinematic universe shit is that everything has to be connected. When mm-hmm. he killed half of everyone and they disappeared, and then he just goes to like this hut and he sits and down, and watches the he sunset. Sits, he watches the sunset in this beautiful. He's I don't know where he is. Mm-hmm. He's somewhere that's really beautiful, like where you know. I imagine Bob Ross is now <laughs> after he died. I imagine Thanos hanging out. Not hang, they don't even talk because that's that's like uh, too much work. Yeah, you know? they just have cabins across the lake from each other, and they just wave every once in a while. Bob um, or Bob, Ross, one of the Bob Ross is like, or when Thanos has rough days, Bob Ross is like Thanos is Wilson from like Home Improvement, just peaks exactly. and fence. But well, all of his paintings now have. Thanos sitting on a bench in a yep. corner. Um, that would have been the greatest. It's I hate when uh, these filmmakers just miss out on making something actually historical. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if they just they just let those people die, mm-hmm. the characters. If it if that was the end of this Marvel bullshit, thing, mm-hmm. now they're gonna have another phase or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't care about any of that stuff. If they had just let that be the ending, unbelievable. I'll tell you this. That was was probably perhaps one of my favorite theater experiences. Like I have, I've had maybe four really good theater experiences in my life. Uh, Watching Evil Dead on the big screen. Well, like that I can remember that were like, I had like fantastic. 
One was seeing Evil Dead 2 on screen because it ended with a standing ovation. Another one, another one was Bubba Hotep. Standing ovation. Okay. Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. As much as I have problems with that film, I saw it opening night at midnight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Packed house. Everyone was cheering and laughing and you know, you know, having a blast. And then the other one was Infinity War. But this was for my own like kind of like assholeness thing because you had the nerds sitting behind me crying yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful i literally had like there's a scene where thanos stabs uh tony stark and this guy mm-hmm. stood up because i could see him in peripheral vision he's like no please and then he looks around and he apologizes to the room oh i'm so sorry and then after the snap happens everyone disappears and then what was great is, you know, I love I love the final fuck you from the directors. It says Infinity War, and then Infinity War just kind of blows away. The same nerd said, how the fuck can you end a movie like that? And you could tell he was holding back tears, if not already crying. And it was so wonderful. I said, this is great. I love this for my own personal reasons. I'm like, no, it's good. You know, you people who enjoy these films, they invest in these characters. But this guy got so upset that when he knows that they're going to come back in the next fucking movie that comes out next year or whatever, you know. And that's, but the, that's the problem. It was, it's so unnecessary. The the, the end game, mm-hmm. that's what the next one's called. Mm-hmm. That movie was not needed. Mm-hmm. It was unnecessary. That, it, it was, it's just so, so obvious. I think it would have been better if they had like two or three movies sprinkled in between. Deal with everyone being gone and then bring them back in like five years or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you could, if that's more realistic, that's obviously what they should have done. But I'm saying just end it there. Like, mm-hmm. you can still have um, all these movies Captain America, Avengers, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. You can still have them, but the storyline for all of those shitty Marvel movies building up to that point ends there. Mm-hmm. Now let other people, if they want to, if you still want, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Robert Downey Jr. to be Iron Man, mm-hmm. that's fine. But you don't have to kill him in the next fucking movie, right. like just for cheap dramatic effect. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like just maybe let a different director uh, try something different. That's why I'm. Uh, I know we talked about this. I know you're not excited, but. Uh, Anytime someone makes something like that Joker movie, mm-hmm. the Todd Phillips one, I, I I I just I get tears of joy. I, I just I get butterflies in my stomach. I love the idea of people that comic book movies made by different people that mm-hmm. don't have to be connected to anything. Love it. Yeah, I see. I'm just I'm just not sold on it. I just need to see a little bit more. I think that maybe the trailer was just too archy for me to get behind it, but <laughs> it's definitely that. But yeah. I mean, how artsy can it be? It's Todd Phillips. We're talking right. about the fucker who made, you know, the Hangover movies and and, mm-hmm. the, the, and Road Trip and stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't just become like a auteur suddenly right. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe from what I, I got from was he's just trying really hard to to make mm-hmm. something to make something beautiful and mm-hmm. like fucking crazy looking. Yeah, and it very well could it very well could be. I'll. I'll... I have to see a little bit more, but I'm not against it. I just, I just, I don't know. I just get so fucking confused now because there's so many shared universes and that might just be my OCD. I'm like, 
if I like this movie and I buy it, where do I put it on the shelf? Do I put it with these movies? Do well, I put it with the movies? That's what I was telling you about. Uh, I was we were talking earlier about DC. You don't have to really worry about that because they're so <laughs> they're they, their universe is so failed. Like it doesn't exist to me. Like the mm-hmm. Marvel universe is very definitive. Mm-hmm. Their movies are very clearly connected and very well made, put together. But um, the DC thing, it's just like abortion, a uh, piece of shit, like half-assed, and another abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they've made a universe yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they've they, they've tried. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy Suicide Squad for what it is. It's just a fun movie for me. But I don't know any of the characters. No, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I uh, didn't enjoy mm-hmm. watching it in a theater. I mean, I'm not that uh, cynical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fucking talking alligator and a hot bitch dressed <laughs> like a clown. Yep. Um, and the Fresh Prince. But the same, the same to me, um, oh, the Fresh Prince. You have uh, those movies, uh, Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is way is taken way too seriously, mm-hmm. and it's way over uh, overrated to me. It's just a a a, a kind of fun, shitty uh, comic book movie with a ridiculous soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But uh, something the the good thing that's come out of that uh, movie, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. The only thing I like about that is that fucking blue guy. Mm-hmm. Michael, uh, the, there's there's two of them. The one with the whistle, he died. Yeah, right. So he's he's not coming back. Right. I love that. I obviously love that character and uh, the actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm specifically talking about the wrestler uh, with the one liners. To um, oh, Batista, love that guy. Love mm-hmm. him. Uh, I know people probably thought like uh, in the first one and maybe the second one was like. Uh, it's too it's too cheesy. It's too it's taking away from the seriousness of this fucking stupid story about a guy who's obsessed with his mom dying. Yeah, I, I get you, but I don't like any of that stuff. Right. So I, I want to see this wrestler painted blue making mm-hmm. fun of a Star Lord because it's fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, and uh, that was my favorite part of the end game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now they're gonna double team him. It's mm-hmm. gonna be. Batista and Fat Thor <laughs> making fun of him the whole time. Yeah. So um, I don't know what my point is. Oh, but like, um, so that's really overrated. And the, the Suicide Squad is like, they shit on that too much. See mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like the same thing to me. Like, to yeah. me, they're the kind of the same movie, mm-hmm. uh, quality wise. But obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy is better because it's not so dark for no reason. Right. And um, wait, who was who directed that, Suicide Squad? I don't know who directed it, but I know James Gunn, who did the first two Guardians, is now directing the new, the next Suicide Squad. But didn't they have to fix the Suicide Squad because it was so dark? They went back and tried to make it funnier and reshot stuff. I have no idea. I, I when it, when they start saying reshoots, I just I just ignore everything. I, I I quit paying attention to a film. Did you see Solo? Yeah, I liked Solo, actually. Me too. I loved it. And, I thought uh, it was great. We watched it. We had a blast with it. It's just a fun heist movie with Star Wars characters. Exactly. Well, to me, it was like the one closest to an actual Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy, but 
that's just everything that happens with Star Wars is just more sad and more sad. The reaction mm-hmm. of these butthurt fanboys <laughs> to that movie, they killed it. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be any... And whoever, what's his name? The guy who plays Solo was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought he was hilarious. I, I liked him. I liked the guy who played Young Lando. I thought he was good. Um, the the Game of Thrones girl did what she had to do. She was okay, but it was just a fun movie. you know. And then think of it this way. I mean, I got Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie directed by Ron Howard. Think of yeah, that. That's, that's insane. Yeah. But well, Ron Howard had to, but he reshot the whole thing, right? Yeah, he basically reshot like eighty percent of it. That's just crazy. It's not, it's not more. Well, they hired the the guys who made you know Twenty Two Jump Street, mm-hmm. the Lego Movie. What were they expecting? Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, but we we had a lot of fun with Solo. We liked it a lot. Well, I went in. The lowest expectations humanly possible, mm-hmm. because I hate I, I these Star Wars these new Star Wars movies I think are terrible, and the people that like like the fan base has turned from um, seriously closeted antisocial legitimate nerds mm-hmm. with uh, you know with actual mental problems and you know struggles. And uh, and handicaps to just everyone. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, you were a you were made fun of for liking Star Wars. You yep. know what I mean, yeah, people beat the would beat the shit out of you. Yeah, it's just like me. You know, back then, you know, I couldn't say that I liked pro wrestling. You know, I was picked on because you know it was stupid. But now, I've, now everyone likes it or whatever. But back then, yeah, with Star Wars, well, you get picked on for liking it. My relationship with the wrestling was I quit right at the moment. Where it wasn't socially acceptable anymore, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got the my cutoff was like um, second grade, mm-hmm. <sighs> but man, those were the those were the glory. Those were the golden. That was the golden age of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now I want to watch Solo again when it was WWF, and the Ultimate Warrior, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. But I totally understand why people like uh, like the new wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. You're just one of a few people that have. I've tried I've, to get me to watch it, but I under you. I've uh, felt the the passion. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that I've been watching it for so damn long. You know, they're on WrestleMania 35, maybe. I've been watching it since six, so. A lot of it maybe is just nostalgia. A lot of it's maybe just I don't know. I think loyalty is the wrong word. It's just it's something that's been a part of my life for so long that I'm just like, eh, I'll just keep watching it and until <laughs> either it gets canceled or I die. One of the two. Yeah, it's not gonna happen though. Right. Um did you did you ever get around to watching uh maybe we already talked about it, wrestling with my family? No, I have not yet because uh, I haven't been able to stream it online with a good copy. So I do have it in my Netflix queue. I'm just waiting to get it. Okay. I knew I, I wasn't sure if we talked about it because I love that one. Yeah, we did talk about it, how you really enjoyed it. And I liked how, because we had a conversation, how you're not a wrestling fan, but you really enjoyed a movie that revolves around wrestling. And I always tell people, yeah. I said, that's why you got to watch The Wrestler. 
you know, unless, you know, granted, you're going to be super depressed by the, time, the end of it, yeah. but it's, it's not a wrestling movie. It's a movie about a wrestler and his everyday life. You know, the wrestler is classic. And it, but that's, Hey, that's surprising coming from you. Cause it's, that's way more artsy. Mm-hmm. That's, that is, that's basically uh, an art house film. Yeah. Well, you know, the wrestling part brought me in, but then I sat down and watched, I'm like, this is really good. Like one of my favorite scenes is this, you know, he's this old, you know, wrestler from the eighties, you know, his heyday is over. He's now working in a deli. My favorite scene is when walking down the hallway, getting ready to go to the deli counter, you hear the cheers that he used to hear. And then suddenly he opens the deli curtain and it's silence. Oh man. It's fantastic. Darren Aronofsky is so good at that. I know, and I like Aronofsky. Like I love Requiem for a Dream. When I when I'm having a bad day and I want to watch a movie where I'm like, these people have it worse, I will get what Requiem for a Dream and I'll be like, it, at least it's not that's not me, you know. See, I can't do that. I I mean, it, I do the same thing, but it has to be something not. Those movies are so depressing. Mm-hmm. That I'll just like kill myself. <laughs> but here's the thing: Did you know? Speaking of the wrestler, did you know that before Mickey Rourke was cast, it was going to be Nicolas Cage? No, swear to God. No, I totally believe that because um, that's just the way that goes with these uh, people that turn down famous roles. It's mm-hmm. always something absurd. Like I just found out. Uh, did you tell me that uh, Tim Burton's first choice for Batman was Bill Murray? I might have. I knew of that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. But it's always insane in retrospect. Yeah, but but yeah, like Nick Cage was signed. He was actually going to independent wrestling shows and sitting in the crowd to do his you know his research and stuff like that. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as good because no. he was such a like a washed up monster. And the thing, yeah, he was perfect. And the thing is, this was when Nick Cage was really going into his. I'm Nick Cage. I'm famous now for being crazy. It would have taken a completely 180, and it wouldn't have been the movie it should have been. Well, the one thing people don't give uh, Nick Cage uh, credit for, which is the, a reality, is doesn't matter what people think of his acting abilities. He is a great actor, mm-hmm. and it's all about the director. Mm-hmm. If he has a good director, then they know how to use him. Mm-hmm. He's never been in a movie uh, made by a good director where he's not amazing in it. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the thing. But if he if it's a shitty director. Or something that's not very serious, he just goes off the rails in a yeah. bad way, yeah. like a really bad way. Yeah, like I, I mean, I love him in Raising Arizona. But that's one of my favorite movies. You know, oh, at least yeah. from childhood, and he's great. Um, he's good in uh, was it Leaving Las Vegas? He's fantastic in that. Yep. But and then know, well, one of my favorite movies, uh, Nick Cage, is um, Kiss of uh, Kiss of Death. That's a really good one too. Yeah, isn't he he's fucking a, phenomenal in that? When he's just what was he? He's he's doing bench presses with the girl. Yeah, just in the strip club. Just because. Yeah. Oh, he's such a good gangster. Like modern, mm-hmm. like white trash. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain. You know, if people are watching this, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I love that because they don't make enough of those types of movies. Mm-hmm. All these gangster movies have to be super stylized and. Um, I want to see more white trash gang movies like that. Yeah, you you, you felt dirty watching that one. Oh, definitely. But yeah. uh, that's just 
everyone is so good in that, and uh, people don't know about that movie like normal people, right? Um, so I feel obligated to bring it up mm-hmm. because uh, any chance that I get to see it, I watch it. Mm-hmm. If I ever see it on a streaming thing, I watch it, or uh, so every every couple of years I download it mm-hmm. just because I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nicholas Cage, uh, you know, he probably should have won like an Academy Award for adaptation. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, I think I, I had my fill of Nicolas Cage at the time. I just haven't. And now, because of nothing but crazy Nicolas Cage, like with everyone's telling me to watch Mandy because of how batshit insane it is. And I'm like, I've had enough crazy Nicolas Cage for a long time. Yeah, you he's, know? he's crazy in that one. But if you want to go against crazy and just see actual acting chops, mm. he plays twin brothers in um, Adaptation. I can't. Don't look into it if you don't know what it's about. Okay. Just watch it. It's okay. honestly, it's one of the best movies ever made. Okay. It's, okay. it's that good. It's like. I remember the poster. I know the poster is like a broken flower pot and like his face is like superimposed. <laughs> like that image has always, has always set stuck with me. It's, it's one of those mind, mind benders. Okay. And uh, I've seen it a thousand times. It's, it's one, it, it's a, it's basically, it's about making movies, like okay. writing movies or trying to write a movie. Man, is it good! It's the best one. You know that the, there's like a subgenre of, um, like the uh, Hollywood underbelly, mm-hmm. that type of movie. I hate all those movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, the only good one is like uh, the Coen Brothers, Barton Fink. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the best one to me. No, I'll give. And, I'll give uh, once you find out, once you watch it, and the premise mm-hmm. is is incredible. It's mm-hmm. But you literally can't say one thing about it without spoiling it. You know what I mean? Just imagine right. if the sixth sense wasn't shitty. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. You didn't have to suffer through two hours for some shitty twist. No one cared. You know, like that mm-hmm. doesn't matter. That it has no rewatchability. No. Once like, once you learn the ending, you don't want to watch. You don't. You don't care. And, you know, M Night yeah. thinks he's like, oh, it's I put all these clues in so you can rewatch it. No, it's boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. This adaptation um, is literally uh, the best example of something like it has the most rewatchability because the twist that's like sewn into the, the plot mm-hmm. is so it's it's the best maybe maybe in movie history I mean I'm not I'm not exaggerating this might be the best twist and uh, every time you watch it you'll just you you'll see something different and uh, you'll you'll enjoy it every more and more every time you watch it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, film people, mm-hmm. artsy types, they talk about it. But um, I think, like, even, like, my parents would enjoy it if they gave it a chance. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so he plays twins, and one of them's kind of a retarded asshole, and the other one is just, like, a, the most, uh, like, antisocial OCD. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really, he's, like, he's playing the full spectrum in this one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to go into it totally blind. Then I won't read anything. I won't watch any trailers or nothing. You're gonna love it. It's one of the saddest, funniest, most beautiful movies. But at the same time, and the twist you will never see coming, okay. no matter how smart you are, mm-hmm. and you'll immediately want to rewatch it. Okay, good. Um. So did I sell that? Yeah. Enough. 
Well, you sold me when you said uh, "crazy retard" and then like then uh, antisocial Nicolas Cage in the same movie. So, oh god, it's brilliant, and they're both and they're both fat too. I won't say any more because uh, I'm only got I got paid five dollars to uh, say all that stuff. <laughs> no, I wish. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't see any shame in that. I don't see any shame in making a dollar. Um, anyway like if uh like roger Ebert and all these old school uh critics got paid you know they did mm-hmm. for their blurbs and for giving possible i would do that in a heartbeat yeah give me my own channel with a like a real set mm-hmm. and i'll i'll do positive reviews of everything for money because it doesn't affect me you know what i mean right, right. That's like when we were talking earlier about remakes and these people being butthurt. Like, at the end of the day, I don't really give a fuck what any of these nerds have to say. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a personal thing. That's what I've always told people. I said, in the end, what really... It might sound like an asshole way to, to word it, but when it concerns watching movies, in the end, the only opinion that matters is yours. Did you enjoy the film? Yeah. Who cares if, you know, that's why I say all, all the critics or all the fans are saying it's garbage. Well, you know what? I still want to fucking see it, so I'm going to. Who cares? And I'm going to enjoy it or hate it for my own reason. That's why when I when I, when I did my Child's Play video, I didn't watch anybody's YouTube reviews because I wanted to give my honest thoughts. I did not want this person who I know hates it. Yeah, exactly. Going, going into the film, hating it and wishing it was flop for his own personal reasons. I don't want to watch anything he's watched, or I don't want to watch anyone who's praising it. I want to make my own uh, opinion, and then I will go watch their videos type of thing and see if I agree or disagree. No, that's what you should do, and that's the whole... um, uh, With with this one, I knew we were going to talk about it, so I haven't watched... I have five or six channels of people that I either like or don't like, but I still watch their reviews, Mm -hmm. and I haven't watched any of them. I... I, um, like I, I love Red Letter Media, mm-hmm. uh, the the Plinkett guy, and uh, I've never gone this long without watching one of their mm-hmm. reviews. Because I'll see the movie, then I'll watch it, and then mm-hmm. I'll go check out all the the uh, the tools like Pikmin and um, Campia. He's the worst. Mm-hmm. Just to just to see them suck its ass for eight minutes or however long their reviews are. They 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 love everything, no matter what. Yeah. But you know, if for some reason they happen to watch like a good movie, they'll they'll have negative things to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you saying? What was I saying? That I didn't watch any reviews when I talked about Child's Play. Yeah, so I definitely have to watch yours. And there's a few um, left. Oh, but my my point was mm-hmm. there's this other channel. Uh, well, I mentioned it earlier about. Uh, we kind of look similar. There's this uh, channel, I won't name it, but there's mm-hmm. a fat guy that looks like me. Mm-hmm. And what I love about those videos, this is going to sound narcissistic because uh, he looks like me. Mm-hmm. But the whole premise of those videos are to torture the assholes who, who uh, like a movie comes out, like let's say uh, Toy Story 4 just came out. Okay. They see it, the first thing they do is go to YouTube and type in Toy Story 4 sucks. Mm-hmm. 
and then they watch the videos of people trashing on it and then they like if it's uh in line with their views that's their opinion right i think that's completely insane so what this guy does is he'll make a video called or used to before he got lazy would mm-hmm. be toy story sucks and when they watch it he never talks about that movie <laughs> so they're skipping through it waiting for him to trash it but mm-hmm. he's just he's just talking about food so the joke's on them trying to waste mm-hmm. these people because they're fucking worthless mm-hmm. that's all that's i gotta say i wish more people did that that's a good kind of trolling mm-hmm. i mean we gotta check these people that are using youtube in the for all the wrong reasons yeah so to me, I, I, I tell people because a lot of times they're taking their YouTube channel way too fucking seriously. They're 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 concerned. I mean, I know everyone who has a YouTube channel wants someone to watch their channel. Why? That's why they're. Doing it. But you got these some people who they're they're so concerned about sub count. They're so concerned about comments. They're so concerned about views. And then now, you know. I always say I, I I don't do movie reviews. I do movie discussions because I don't want to seem like a critic. You know what I mean? And then you got these people that have now been they're 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 getting more and more popular. You can tell that the way they deliver in their videos has changed. They're trying to be more professional. I'm like, no, just talk how you did six months ago. Say why you didn't like the film. You don't have to take notes. You don't have to do this. And you you were doing fine. When like me, I barely take notes. You know, I'm not trying to sound, you know, egotistical or anything, but all my videos are just off the top of my head. That's why uh, when I make a video and I'm up late, I'm like, shit, I forgot to talk about that. You know, but I'm like, don't yeah, well, you do stuff off the cuff. Yeah, don't change the way you're doing it just because your sub count is getting higher. I'm like, because A, you're not gonna make money off of YouTube. This is not a career. B, it should be a hobby and nothing more. You know, if you want to make good content, that's fine. But you can tell when the person's attitude changes, if that makes sense, you know, after they've been doing this. I've seen that a thousand times. That's my favorite when I watch. Sometimes I have I subscribe to people that are just crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people I subscribe to are just crazy. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you call that exploitation or whatever. But, you know, who am I really exploiting? I'm getting entertainment out of crazy people. It's not hurting Mm -hmm. them. Right, it's making them more popular. Mm-hmm. But so many times, someone should make a movie out of this. Is a, a small YouTuber will blow up mm-hmm. most of the time because they don't know the jokes on them. Mm-hmm. They're not watching them because of their, you know, amazing insight into movies. It's because they're actually fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll get a little popular, start getting uh, more uh, subscribers, and then they start dressing nice. Mm-hmm. And then they'll buy they'll buy a new camera, and then eventually they mm-hmm. like you know try to build a set, and then they'll try to like they try to do like fancy intros. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I've I've seen so many people go down that road, I and see. then once they get to that point, they can't maintain that because they were never good at that to begin with. Right. So they just stop. They just stop. Making- <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. See that that's that's why I always say I hey, I don't have the time or patience for editing. Um, so I never do any intros or splicing of clips or pictures or anything like that. I'm a, I'm a normal dude. I film on my phone. I say what I like. If I forget to mention something, oh well. 
you know, I have my bullet yeah. points in my head and it's just all off the cuff. I try to review the movie or discuss, you know what I mean? Um, as soon as possible. So it's fresh, but like the child's play video I did, I, I reviewed it on Saturday. I watched the movie on Tuesday and I forgot some stuff that I wanted to talk about. Like in my review, we've talked about it here. I forgot to throw in how it's, we're all technology, you know, um, we're all obsessed with technology now. Oh, yeah. and I, I wanted that when, when I was discussing it with other people, um, that was one of my favorite parts, but I forgot to say that in my video, but you know what? That's just how I am. I, I don't like writing scripts unless it's something that I'm, I definitely have to bullet point. The only time I've ever written, I've taken notes, I think was like the star Wars holiday special, because I knew there'd be a lot of stuff. I wanted to talk about that. And I didn't want to forget yeah. anything, but that's different. You know, that, that, that is, that, that's something that's hated by everybody. And I want to, I knew I'd be talking about this. I knew I'd be talking about this. So, but nine times out of 10, I, it's, it's all off the cuff. Well, when we're talking about uh, lots of things in one discussion, then obviously this is the best way to do it. I, I mean, I'm used to doing notes on, uh, on like single big things, but it, mm -hmm. um, I never do, I never use it for anything. So for this channel, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, fuck it. I'm going to actually talk about uh, movies because I have just stacks of projects that I can't do because it's like, I really want to talk about um, this movie called uh, The Skateboard Kid that one of my friends sent me. A like, he sent it like seven years ago or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I haven't made a review yet because with this other channel I have, it, it's, it's kind of silly and so it doesn't mm -hmm. fit there. And with this one, it's like, do I really want to talk about a movie for an hour? Mm -hmm. Some stupid movie about a magic skateboard? <laughs> well, see, that, that's that's why, you know, it's kind of overkill, but that's why if you look in on my channel, I have so many playlists of different concepts. Because there's... No, I, you're doing it perfectly. Yeah. You, that's why I, uh, I'm jealous. You got, you've got the format down perfect. It's just that I have a lot of uh, background in... Uh, and editing and 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 video stuff so it's like there's this part of me i have to i, I get the, i wish that i just had a if i had a money to hire someone to edit because I, i'll get like an idea in my mind mm -hmm. and it's fully formed you know what i mean yeah it's like i have to make this exist mm -hmm. and that just takes so much fucking time it's not it's not worth it yeah i think that's that's what helps with me just being kind of lazy and just not having the patience with all that aspect i just Turn on my phone, click record, and I, I say what I gotta say. Yeah, this is the best. So yep. we uh, and two things you were talking about uh, more timely next in the future. We need to do these as soon as the movies, as soon as we see them. Mm -hmm. Like try to time that because way too much time uh, has gone by since Child's Play. I mean, I forgot a bunch of stuff too. Yeah, and see, and see, uh, you know, we we were planning on doing this back when Pet Cemetery came out. And look how long it's already coming out to DVD and Blu-ray now. I know. You know what? You you <laughs> wanted to talk about that, but I think we should hold off on that one because I don't remember anything. No, so no. I'm gonna I, watch. It's, it's, I'm gonna get the new one because I heard that it has a um, uh, original ending. I've I've seen it. Yeah, I I watched okay. it on the original ending online. I'm not gonna say a word. Nope. Don't tell me because I haven't seen it. And uh, if, it, if it was the original one they wanted to go with, then I think it's probably it has to be better than the one I saw. 
Okay. Because that was like, I'm talking about the the very. I'm I'm assuming that the by different ending, they're talking about like the last two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Or is that not right? Um. Because to me, the ending of pet the new pet cemetery is. Um, what like do you? How do you remember the movie ending? And I'll see. The, the, I, all the family's dead. And oh, well, for, well, one last thing. And I don't, I don't, how long? How long have we been talking? Like, like in general? Oh, no, in this video. Um, it's after midnight now. I think it was around maybe between nine nine thirty. So we've been talking about. Well, we'll say three hours. Okay, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, I think. Uh, if anyone's listening, then um, it doesn't matter. But I, I forgot to say way at the beginning of the video that you warn people in your videos. I think that's cute. Mm-hmm. I could care less. If well, you're see, watching a video discussion about a movie, yeah. go fuck yourself. Well, see, I, I don't I'm know. You spoiler warnings. I don't know. Like, I, I, I started that. I, it was an ongoing thing. You know, I have my, hey, Internet Eric here. And then I have my line on this channel. I discuss plot spoilers and specific scenes. Now, I've been on YouTube maybe three years. If you watch my Batman Forever review that I do with my wife, I even I believe I even say it in that. I, I do the you know plot spoiler specific scenes. You know, I'm getting fucking tired of saying that. And then my wife says, the movie came out in fucking 1995. You know, it's that type of thing. Yeah, but you're I'll, so... I'm getting, I'm, getting you to the where, I'm getting to the point where I'll warn people for spoilers like with Child's Play because it just came out a week ago. But I my my new rule is now after two weeks, it's fair game. You know? Yeah. See, uh, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. I I just I I'm against it all uh, outright. I, I think if you if you're if you're watching a video mm-hmm. about a discussion of a movie, of course that you can't do it without if you do it without spoilers, there's people that do that. Uh, even like some big channels where they'll do a, a spoiler free and then a yeah a, a spoiler one. I think that's horrible. I can't I can't what, deal with that. What a waste of time. If I'm watching someone's opinion, uh, like you said, if I'm watching someone's opinion on a movie, I'm going straight for the spoiler review because I want to know why I'm going to like it or hate it. I don't. Yeah, if, if a movie's out and you mm-hmm. have enough time to watch a fucking thirty minute spoiler free review, like mm-hmm. what does that even mean? Go see the movie. Yeah. Get the fuck off YouTube. Yeah, so I, th- I think I think it's now just because it's it's out of habit because I've been doing it for so long. But I'm I'm I, like I said, I think it was Batman Forever. I said I'm just getting fucking tired of saying that, you know, you know, spoiler spoilers and all this jazz because, like like my wife said, well the movie came out in '95. You know, it's now 2019. If you haven't seen Batman Forever, it's a Batman movie. There's not much that can yeah. be spoiled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, too bad. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what we're talking about, but I wish I could have said that first. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about um. Uh, no, we need to do these more timely. I was gonna say, uh, with original Child's Play, because you mm-hmm. you forgot to mention the, um how everyone's due to technology. The mm-hmm. whole uh, basically like the premise of the original Child's Play was right around the Cabbage Patch. Uh, mm-hmm. My buddy. Uh, dolls like mm-hmm. back then when there was like only 10 channels on TV and yep. um, uh, 
you know, no no internet and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the movie is really like a period piece yeah. in that it captures the a child's social status was all about you know uh, owning a some 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 sort of toy mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's what that's all about. Now mm-hmm. with the new child's play, kids these days don't give a fuck about stuff like that. They don't have to own like an Xbox or something to be cool. You just have to like have a phone. That's yeah, it. you got to have an app. And, and I, I I don't know this because I don't know any kids. I don't hang out with any children, but uh, mm-hmm. that have phones. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming they don't make. Do you, do you think they they probably do because there's always bullies? But I still think that. They're so um, zombie-like now that they probably don't even pick on kids that have you know shittier phones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't have to have an Android Galaxy or an iPhone to be cool. You just have to have a phone. Yeah, you gotta have a phone that can actually do, that can do apps, and then you're cool. That's all yeah. that matters. It's totally different how these toy companies exploit kids. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, a hundred years basically. Mm-hmm. But you still have... Do you have a Teddy Ruxpin? No, sadly I don't. I did, but I, I don't have it anymore. Yeah, have you seen the new Teddy Ruxpin? I didn't know they brought him back. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> Here's my favor. When you get off of here, look up the new Teddy Ruxpin. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking abomination. Really? And my niece was getting one for her birthday or something, and I was trying to convince my mom to order a real one because you can get them for like thirty bucks on eBay. Mm-hmm. There's no different. It's night and day. The original is so badass. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not nostalgia. It's actually a better designed thing. Mm-hmm. So, just remember, look up the new one. It's horrible. There you go. But okay. I think we've said enough. Okay. But I'm glad that uh, you brought up uh, that you were starting to forget Child's Play because I've totally, I pretty much totally forgot Pet Century. Let me mm-hmm. watch that again and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. You know what I would like to do? You know, because since this is kind of like, since this is the first time we've done it, it's basically we're pulling everything out of our ass, whatever we want to talk about. Since I know you're a huge Stephen King fan, I would like to do just maybe a Stephen King discussion. Strictly just oh King. be it now, be it books, be it movies, be it just things about King in general. Like, I want to say this I, I was when you were setting up, you said, like, you know, a couple more minutes because I have this, and I'm, I'm, I said, that's okay, I'm, I'm busy reading this, this King book. Yeah, I, you were telling me what you got in, uh, in it. I'm reading Dance Macabre, which is his first mm-hmm. nonfiction, and it's when it's good, it's good, when it's not, it's pretty boring. But it's also dated. It's like what he enjoys about sci-fi and horror from like when it came out in like 83, I think the copyright of the book is. But like right after I got done saying how this book was kind of boring, I got to one really cool thing King said. And he's talking about the people that you've never read a book before. Let's say, you know, Agatha Christie does mystery novels, right? He's like, are you one of those people that read the last page to find out who did it? And then he says, you know, shame on you. That, that, that's horrible. So what he said, he says, he's, you know, this was 1983. He says, what I want to do is I want to write a book where the last 30 pages are missing. And what you have to do is order the last 30 pages from him to find out how the book ends. And I think that's. Oh, my God. 
Wait, did he say that? He said that in that book. So he's he never that done that. that. He's never done that. He says that in, back in when he wrote Dance Macabre. I think Dance Macabre is like I said, eighty three. Oh my god, that's genius. Yeah. Why didn't he do Here. that now? He's, Here, he's got so much power. Hold on, I'll grab it real quick. Okay. But why hasn't he done it? I don't know. Here we go. Okay. I got Dance Macabre right here. Okay. Uh, copyright is 1981. Okay. And his little bullet point is like basically he's saying, who turns to the last three pages to see how it, how it comes out? I said, do you do this unworthy trick? Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Don't slink away with and grin about it in your hand. Own up to it. Blah, blah, blah. And then here he says, I have always wanted to publish a novel with the last 30 pages simply left out. The reader would be mailed these final pages by the publisher upon receipt of a satisfactory summary of everything <laughs> that happened in the story up to that point. That would certainly put a spoke in the wheels of those who turned to the end to see it how it came out. Oh my God. That's I think amazing. that concept is fantastic. Wow. You just made my day with that. Yeah. That I can't believe that he hasn't done that. So, you know what? He probably forgot because between um, 81 and whatever, he's probably doing hardcore drugs and he had a family. Yeah. He was already an alcoholic when he did The Shining. And this came out after Firestarter. And he was. Uh, a hardcore uh, drug addict, co cokehead, and uh, when he made Maximum Overdrive. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I know, you know he was bad. My neck, because I'm reading them all in order, you know. So after this, I got to read. I'm going to read Cujo, and I know he stated many times that he doesn't even remember writing Cujo. Yeah, well, he's famous for saying he doesn't remember writing uh, Tommy Doctors. Yeah, that's like I'm, a famous quote. He was so high. Yeah, and Tommy Doctors is right around it. So. That that that's when he was like at his height of his, his coke use. Well, that's just uh, we should. I mean, you're like I've been looking for someone like you for a long time. We're like, uh, if we can start talking about Stephen King stuff, uh, it's gonna it's gonna go longer. We'll have to we'll have to set limits. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is fun, but it might be more productive to like set a time limit. Sure. Because who the who the fuck's gonna watch? So, oh, you know, they do do that with podcasts, don't they? Mm -hmm. We can just call this a podcast because you don't have to see us. Well, I li yeah, I listen to what's called Stephen King. It's called the Losers Club podcast. And they, they range from two and a half to three and a half hours long. You told me that. And that, and that is strictly on one subject. Like the, I just listened to their episode on The Shining. And it's book, movie, miniseries all crammed into one, like, two-and-a-half-hour podcast. Yeah, so. that's fantastic. I have I have so many of um, podcasts and so many channels I've subscribed to on YouTube. I can't mm -hmm. watch and listen to everything. Right. But I'm going to start, like, um, I got to stop. I've been listening to, like, Phil Hendry and Carl Pilkington mm -hmm. every day for, like, the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do and I, I've heard their stuff. Uh, there is no new stuff, so for the most part. So I've just listened to the same hundred hours like a hundred times. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just some. I have a problem, so I'm gonna mm -hmm. like stop doing that for a little while and try to like 
because I, I love that new uh, Mick Garris podcast you turned me on to. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're on, we're on, we're friends on Twitter. He was just here in New Orleans, and he he took a picture. I saw that. Of, like uh, every one of my friends has worked at the restaurant that he took a picture in front of. So I knew, it's, mm-hmm. and he he took a picture without the name of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So he was like, he's there. He's like in my territory. And uh, mm-hmm. if I would have known about that film festival, uh, you know, did I did I tell you how much it costs to to meet him? Mm-hmm. The movie that he was there for, um, and then he did a live podcast. It was seventeen dollars. Are you shitting me? No. Wow. So you got to see the movie, then you got to sit in on a two hour or whatever, however long the podcast is. I don't know if they edit it. It might be longer than the one you hear. Yeah, I, I know. And, uh, I know that. I know his podcasts usually run about sixty minutes when it's on iTunes. Yeah. So, well, even that, uh, because me and a couple of my best friends. We would we would have so much to talk about with Mick Garris because he made he's so uh, such a huge part of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's so, done. He's let's see, Sleepwalkers, The Stand. Um, yeah, I think the miniseries is first. The Stand okay. and The Shining. The Shining. Desperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sleepwalkers and, uh, is the one you never hear people talk about, and I like I really like Sleepwalkers. That was like a. I remember that. That's that's a real movie. What's so weird about that? It, even though I mean it's insane, mm-hmm. and uh, there might be a good reason some people don't talk about it. But for all these people, the Troll Two fans, I can't believe it's not more popular. It's so mm-hmm. off the rails, crazy. Just think about uh, it. It's, it's about two incestual cat people that try to get the life forces out of female virgins, based on a, an original story by Stephen King. Um. That played, I remember vividly. I didn't see it in a theater, mm-hmm. but it played in my local theater. Mm-hmm. I remember the poster for it. I was like, what the fuck's that? Yeah. Because um, it has like this haunted Halloween kind of uh, poster. Yeah. With the, with the cats like going towards the house or something like that. Yeah. It's definitely. Have you ever seen. Uh, I think it's called Cat People. I might. I might they remade it in the eighties, but I'm talking. It's like a 1940s movie. I've seen. I think I've seen the remake. At least like the VHS box cover. It's just a close up of like a woman. Her face is really white, but she's got cat eyes. I think. Yeah, the remake's way more famous. Like Natasha Hinsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's supposed to be R rated. There's a lot of sex and stuff, but the original is very uh, tame because it's the 40s. But it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's just this guy who's obsessed with this woman who might be a cat. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, how that's a big deal for like a '40s movie. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying, my point is that must have. It's just as bizarre as this '90s Stephen King movie with mm-hmm. the premise. You, just, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Mick Garris podcast is like one of my favorite ones to listen to because first off, Mick Garris, like you've told me about his his uh, his audio, you know, commentaries. I'm like, he's got the perfect voice to just listen to you know what i mean well now you've got them Mm -hmm. you gotta get uh, they're all fantastic but you know you gotta listen to the shining Mm -hmm. yeah uh but for the i mean i it's just so weird because i've i love his youtube channel with all of his classic uh he does classic uh interviews i don't Uh, think i've ever seen his youtube channel 
Oh my god, that's I thought I told you about it. I uh, you may have. I don't honestly. I don't remember. Well, for the last thirty years since he before he was a uh, when he was working on Star Wars, mm-hmm. he's also been um, like um, interviewing celebrities, like in mm-hmm. horror genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the thing that he did, and he has decades of videos of interviews, and he started he puts them on YouTube slowly. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. It's just like um, Mick Garris interviews. I think that's like the name of the channel. But okay. recently, he stopped posting them, and he posts short stories that he wrote, narrated by celebrities. Really? So he's got a bunch of horror short stories that he wrote, like, but they're a lot of them are narrated by like Stephen Weber. Mm-hmm. And they're great. You can just like uh, you know turn the light off and just um, just lay down and listen to Mick Garris stories. Oh, that's cool. I had no idea about that. What I like about his podcast is it's just so random with his guests too. Like his first episode is Rob Zombie, but then he yeah. also talks to like Walter Hill, you know, who did the Warriors, and yeah. he also talks to you know of course Stephen King, but he's talked to like Eli Roth and just so many random people. It's just. Roger Corman. One of one of his best episodes is like a live podcast he did with Roger Corman about you know it's 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 you know an hour long, but it's like Roger Corman. You know oh, that man has, has produced all these movies for just five bucks, you know, for a budget. But it's it's one yeah. of the coolest. He's such a good interviewer. He knows the right questions to ask. You know what That's I mean? Exactly why he's so great, and his mm-hmm. inter- he just has the. Um, I've always envied those people, those old school Hollywood. I mean, he makes these like gross horror movies, mm-hmm. but Mick Garrett has that spirit of mm-hmm. super positive. Yep. It's you have to really like twist his arm to get him to say anything negative. You should mm-hmm. listen to when you listen to the Shining commentary. It's so hard for him to say anything negative about the uh, the Kubrick one, but he tells he's told a story. Not I, I've heard it a hundred times in other places where. It was his favorite book, and he saw the Kubrick version, and he hated it because, um, you know, he loved the movie, but it's not The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing, that's as hard as he'll get when it comes to like negative criticism. He just states a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's his negative criticism. It's like, this wasn't the book, so I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure a lot of people were because that's not the book. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, I was able to turn you on to that podcast. You didn't even know about it because well, it's, it's so good. Saying, there's, so, it, there's so many though. There's so many episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna start backtracking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we definitely need to do Stephen King because I, I, I could talk about it forever. But I'm very excited to. Uh, I've been holding this. I can't wait to share this with you. Mm-hmm. This is my. Uh, you can look at the top. Um, I'm getting close to finishing it. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically the first time I read it um, before the new movie came out is because um, I'm pretty much the most hardcore uh, it it mm-hmm. miniseries fan. Me and a couple of my friends. I've never met anyone that's seen it or talked about it more than me. Mm-hmm. So I really like. I need. I don't particularly have any interest in reading all Stephen King's books, but it's like, I need to know what I'm talking about. Right. So with this, once I read it the first time, I just breezed through it. I was very harsh uh, critic, uh, very negative about some of the things in this book, because 
at Stephen King and he, he goes off on these tangents of bullshit for mm-hmm. like, why are you wasting my time with this fucking 1200 page book when it could have been, you know, 700 easily. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going through it and treating this like a Bible. Mm-hmm. So I'm breaking it, I'm breaking it up and I'm taking notes and highlighting and uh, really enjoying it. I think this is like, if, if um, someone hasn't read this, that I'm friends with, I'm going to give them this copy. I yeah, think they'll I, just I, enjoy it way more. I still haven't read it yet. Because like I said, I'm doing it, you know, publication order. And I still got, I think, what, five or six, maybe seven more to go if I got to do Cujo next. And I'm, and I'm, I'm waiting for, like, the Dark Tower stuff. I'm doing that all at the end. Because I'm not going to read The Gunslinger and then wait, like, three or four books to get to two and three and then wait, like, 20 books to get to, like, four and five. I'll forget fucking everything so i'm gonna do that yeah, all you should still be uh reading it relatively soon because you don't have the giants in there do you um in the six or seven before this one you've already read the stand well i finished the stand i'm just looking now let's see here i got cujo looks like i'll be kind of short i got cujo i got different seasons uh looks like christine pet cemetery the talisman skeleton and then right before it is skeleton crew skeleton crew i know i'll, I'll breeze through because those are short stories yeah i i think that yeah you're not gonna have any pro- uh, so you'll be reading it pretty soon yeah i'm just saying i wish that um uh they, they this existed like for sale i wish that you could get an annotated one because mm-hmm. this book it's you really have to take your time and uh just uh, appreciate like if you're an It fan if you've seen the miniseries and mm-hmm. you like these characters then the book you really have to like you can't just breeze through it like an asshole mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit in here I mean there's a lot of crap but right. it's mostly good stuff it's mostly well, good. you know I'm a huge huge King fan and he's got a lot of stuff that he could obviously have edited out like when I finally got to the stand I'm like this is really good but you know I'm I read it for the first time last year, the year before. I'm like, I see why this, I was reading the uncut version. I'm like, I see why a lot was cut out. I could have done without a hundred pages of parliamentary procedure, you know, with, you know, Stu and everybody. I'm like, I totally understand, but I still really enjoyed the book. Right. You know what I mean? There there was so much he could have, and I understand why he cut out, but I was, I wanted to read the uncut version to see, to, to get everything uh, read. That's the next one I read. Um, I got the uncut thing just because it was the only one at the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't read that one. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I still really enjoyed it overall, but I, I could have done without all the parliamentary procedure crap, like constantly happening. I'm like, okay, we understand. On Wednesday they want to talk about this. On Tuesday they're going to talk about this. On Friday they're going to talk about that. When it come when. No, I I don't care. What's what's what Mother Abigail doing now, or what's you know Randall Flag doing? Type of thing. They could cut so much out. From what I've absorbed of criticisms of these things, movies and the literary side over the years, this is just me. I might be wrong, but um, the number one when it comes to uh, people with one foot that read serious books and like movies. Mm-hmm. They all kind of the consensus is that the best book that Stephen King ever 
wrote that's like a legitimate, not a cheeseburger or Happy Meal, whatever he calls his books, mm -hmm. um, is uh, I want to say Hearts and Atlantis. Okay. Um, I, it's Hearts and Atlantis, The Long Walk. Okay. And and Long Walk I've, is like kind of tied with the stand. Okay. So yeah, I I, I, I know a lot, of, a, lot of people, a lot of people praised the long walk. I enjoyed it. It just it was hard to keep up with all the characters for me. Yeah, because there's so uh, many. They didn't make a. There's not a movie of that, right? No, but it's in production supposedly. Yeah, they all are. All the ones that yeah. even. That's a. I mean, when the it made the most money ever. Yeah, people were but back. I mean, in I've been looking. Train. He's had a lot of movies in production for like a decade. Mm-hmm. Including this this last it from 2017, but since it makes so much money, they're gonna actually start making them. Mm -hmm. But um, okay, so yeah, next time we could do a Stephen King thing because I got I got a lot to talk about and show you too. I've got like really, I I don't have the books. Um, I've got a couple of his novels, but I've got like really weird Stephen King nonfiction books. Okay, that uh, third party books. That I think you'll enjoy. That are really that are rare and insane. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grab. I got a, I got a few that that have his name on it that aren't necessarily his, but has to do with him a lot and like his his work. Yeah. Well, that's the ones I'm like really trying to collect. So you might have something I need. Okay. Or that or that I'm not aware exists. So. Mm -hmm. But. I was just glad to share that that whole uh, mail in the last thirty pages thing with, with you. I'm like I I read. Oh. That. I'm like, this is something no. you would really get a kick out of. The only thing I, I, I forgot, I mean, that's that made my whole day. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't wait to to look into that. It's something similar to that was um, was uh, Brett Easton Ellis, the guy who wrote American Psycho, uh -huh. the the novel. He wrote another book. I think it was one of his uh, um, first books that he ever wrote. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's, I'm blanking. One of his first books. There's no first. There's no 13 pages at the beginning. Really, okay. they're not in the book. So, um, I didn't know because I found it at a uh, when I was at junior college at a book swap thing. Mm -hmm. They were selling books for order. The book had a had a post-it note on it. It said free, first 13 pages missing. So I opened mm -hmm. the book. It starts on page 14. There's mm -hmm. like a there's like a there's like a tear in mm -hmm. the book, like a physical tear. And uh, mm -hmm. when I did research, I found out that's one that's intentional. Really? So all these all these fucking you know he's kind of like this um, like queer um, like anarchist kind of liberal weirdo anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's just I, I'll never forget that. It's such a fantastic thing. Just imagine how many libraries this was out of college. Uh -huh. How many libraries just like got rid of it or it was a problem because they you thought, thought the 13 pages were ripped out. That's fantastic. Yeah, I still have it. It's in my. Uh, I have like a trunk of books somewhere, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick that up. Yeah, but your story from. Well, just one more thing. What is that? It is. I thought that was a book of short stories. Dance Macabre. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I've always thought it was a short story book. Yeah, the back you said, said nonfiction. 
It's nonfiction. Uh, pop culture horror is the category. Uh, this is Stephen King's personal tour across a cultural landscape carved out of nightmares. An invitation for readers to explore with him the phenomenon of horror, both real and imagined. In Dance Macabre, he dissects the appeal of revulsion in the notorious EC comics of the 50s. He trumpets the masters of horror fiction from Stoker and Lovecraft to Jack Finney and Ira Levin. He champions such TV landmarks as Thriller and The Outer Limits. He pays tributes to the golden age of radio and the unequaled power of the imagination. And he salutes a history of shock-inducing cinema from killer rabbits to chainsaw massacres, from Hill House hauntings to The Walking Dead. Holy mm -hmm. shit, that's awesome. Yeah. And like I said, when it's really good, it's really good. When it's really kind of boring, it's kind of boring, but it's... Hey, yeah, it's, yeah, it's... Let's see here. He's got a couple indexes because he always he throws out all the movies that he talks about. It is 382 pages, counting the afterword. Okay, that's fucking awesome. And I'm, I'm on page. So I, I'm on page two. I'm embarrassed that I, I just I wrote that off as just another short story thing I'd eventually get to. But like in this, uh, I'll show you. Like there's sections I, I'm not afraid to just. I got X's. Mm -hmm. That that's a reminder. Don't ever read this part again. <laughs> and I've some some parts I'm just like fucking bullshit. This one says, it says who cares. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to just mark out whole sections of this book that are absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. And that's not just me being an asshole. Like, man, he fucks. He he drops the ball sometimes. Oh yeah, no, 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 dude. King's a fantastic writer. I've loved him since middle school. But there are times where I'm like, you know, just get with it. He, this is really dragging. So, like I said, when he's good, like especially with Dance Macabre, when he's good. He's good, but like when he's talking about like radio shows, I don't give a shit about radio shows from the fifties. <laughs> yeah, when he's talking about like the Amityville Horror and George Romero, of course that's cool. Um, when he's yeah. talking about random movies called like the Cat People, that's pretty cool. Like right now, he was discussing the Haunting of Hill House, and that was pretty neat. Mm -hmm. And then he went back to you know radio shows, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. But then when he's talking about like Dark Shadows and the Night Stalker, that part was cool. So it's really, really hit and miss. But yeah, I do think it's worth at least one read. Okay. Well, you know what? The thing is, I uh, I try to pick up, if I see a nice copy of, uh, I've got a few uh, nice copies of some of the books, mm -hmm. like Dreamcatcher, Mm -hmm. A couple other ones. Whenever I see a good first edition or something at the thrift store for like a dollar, mm -hmm. I'll buy it. That one's always there. Yeah. And I never picked it up because I thought it was short stories and I'm not I'm not into that right now. Yeah. So but I've I've read some of the big ones, which are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh the uh Rita Rita Hayworth. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. uh, different different seasons. Yeah, different season is a great novella collection, but if you if you ever decide to finally get into King's short stories, get Night Shift. Night Shift has maybe like two dozen short stories, and I'll say 90% are good. That's what I'm going to start. I'm definitely going to do that for like real. Mm -hmm. Start with the short stories. And, um, but, um, 
if you like Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. I think it's coming to the big screen um, in September, I think. Okay. For the 25th anniversary or something. I never, I've seen a lot of classic movies on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been lucky that way, but I haven't that one. And that's one of my favorite movies. I can't wait to see it. Because mm-hmm. uh, Frank Darabont's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sister has never been like she's she's old she's eleven years older than me and she's a huge reader like me and she's never read any King she's just not into horror, so yeah. her birthday was earlier this month so I said okay, I'm gonna get you a present and I got her different seasons because it has Shawshank Redemption it has Stand by Me you know the body, and wow. I know she enjoys those so she's gonna watch that she's gonna read that and she's actually very excited. Well, those are fantastic. Those are the two. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've read the other ones except for um, yeah the other one yeah the other one in different seasons is uh, apt pupil which is could be pretty dark but she's interested in that one and then the breathing method just sucked so I say avoid that one yeah definitely I need apt pupil for my uh, my movie collection but it's too expensive they're fucking crazy the the Blu-ray yeah. I, it might have something to do with Brian Singer, but I, I'm sorry. A Stephen King movie shouldn't be fucking. A uh, uh, Stephen King, Brian Singer movie should be $30. No. Or whatever it was going for. So, mm-hmm. But I do like that movie. I liked it too. I, I like. And then I'm like, the, I'm the type of person I like to look for. I, I don't know if irony is the right word, but I love how in Apt Pupil, Ian McKellen is this Nazi war criminal. And then he goes on to play Magneto, who is a survivor of the concentration camp, you know? Yeah, that's perfect. Or then um, Max von Sydow, how he fought the devil in The Exorcist and then plays the devil in Needful Things. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I never thought about that one. Mm-hmm. Well, he also uh, played chess with death in mm-hmm. Seventh Seal. So that's weird. Yeah. death and his uh Max one said oh man when he dies that's gonna be a big deal mm-hmm. there's a couple that are about to go like uh, Mel Brooks Max one sit out um so don't want to end this on a negative note but no y'all gotta die <laughs> yeah I think this was a good uh what do you think good first video I thought it was good. I had fun. I mean, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be fucking talking to you for three hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. But no, I think we, we covered a lot of shit. I would, mm-hmm. I would listen to this. Yeah, this was fun. And like I said, I like the- it was our first time. And I always tell people I like, like, the YouTube videos where, like, me and Whitey do it all the time. And you and I kind of did it tonight, how we will start with something and then we'll go off on a tangent. And then we'll go off on a second tangent and totally forget about what we were initially yeah. talking about. Because it's yeah, just huge tangents. It's just two people bullshitting. That's what it is. And I think these I always, make, for me, those make the more fun and like I guess natural videos to watch or listen to, you know what I mean? Definitely. Now we went I, I can't wait to uh, it's a customary thing where we go off on shining tangents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the best, and those are really that's that's the thing. What excites me about that is how many people it's going to piss off. Because yeah. you know, if if anyone listens to this at all, half of them, whatever that number is, 
Mm -hmm. Turn it off as soon as we start making fun of the Shining. Yep. Because they cannot take that. Well, like I said, you you just can't you can't shit on the Shining. You can't shit on Halloween. You can't shit on the Exorcist. I'm like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yeah. Yes, I can. Yeah, you can. You can shit on anything if you have good reason to. Mm -hmm. I've seen. I've paid my dues. I've seen the Shining so many times. I've loved it my whole life. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to shit on it. Yep. <laughs> you always shit on what you, you always shit on what you love. Yeah. Worst case scenario, though, we get a lot of those um, proud boys, mm -hmm. skinheads, come find out where I live and fucking burn my house down. Yeah, that's just a chance you take. Because if you take a, a, a proud boy and a shining fan, and you put them together. <laughs> that's that's bad news. Just just chalk this chalk it up as a learning experience. Ah, fuck it. We got insurance. <laughs> that a boy. All right. Well, uh, this is a big, um, big week for movies. Uh, this, um, the next thing I'm seeing is uh, Wednesday. I'm doing a double feature. Um, the guy who made Hereditary has a new movie. Mm -hmm. Um, that looks like The Wicker Man, but way more fucked up. Mm -hmm. It looks absolutely amazing. I'm going to see that and Jaws. Oh, nice feature. As they're playing the classic, uh, I'm timing it so I can see both of them without having to leave. And uh, I got to catch up on some other stuff too. So, um, yeah, and I, I already sent you what I'm going to watch for Fourth of July. I'm going to watch that Uncle Sam movie. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I've never seen it, so mm -hmm. it, it, it might be fun. Well, I read I read the description in my unboxing video. You know, this was a guy killed in Desert Storm by friendly fire. Now he's resurrected. And killing like flag burners and tax cheats and this and that. And the only that people to, relevant. and the only people that are there to stop him is his nephew and Isaac Hayes. Wow. Oh, I didn't hear the Isaac Hayes part. Yeah, I, I read that. I think I just uh, I think he's a disgruntled uh, Desert Storm veteran played by Isaac Hayes. Oh my god. And I, well, I could I could I could be wrong because I haven't seen the movie probably over twenty years. I think Isaac Hayes has a wooden leg and it comes into play. But don't quote me on that. Well, now I got to watch it. I was just thinking we're watching polar opposite things. Yep. It couldn't be any more, you know. <laughs> but, but but don't yeah, don't worry. I, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to watch that. I'm going I'm going to upload it. I'll probably watch it Tuesday and wait to upload it until July 4th. Good idea. That, that's that's how I'm going to celebrate Independence Day is you know, upload and talk about Uncle Sam. Well, I've been thinking about I have, I've been thinking about for almost like ten years about talking about uh Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. I, I I got some stuff to say about that movie, but every time a, some kind of fucking flag waving holiday happens, I say I'm going to make a video and I don't. Maybe I'll do that. Well, that's why I'm doing it early. Yeah, like might do that tomorrow, and then mm -hmm. you're that's you're smart. Mm -hmm. Except for um, Saving Private Ryan's probably better than um, uh, uh, you. You never know. You've never seen Uncle Sam, so you can't compare. Maybe, <laughs> what if it's better? What if it has a better opening, like hey, uh, D-Day invasion sequence? One, you know, one has Vin Diesel, one has Isaac Hayes. You know, it, it depends on your taste. True, Iron Giant, baby. 
and this was a uh, like I said, I know it was directed by the same guy who did the original Maniac, and it's from the producers of Maniac Cop. So it also depends on if you're into those films too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. I don't know the name of the guy, but yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great movie. And uh, Maniac Cop is uh, bullshit until the sequels. Mm. Like two and three are fantastic. The first one's like one of those I can't watch it. It's yeah. so boring. Okay. Okay. I think you yep. sold me. Maniac, the same director, Peg Leg. Okay. <laughs> well, like sure like don't, 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 don't quote me on the Peg Leg, but the fact that it's Isaac Hayes and a young boy trying to stop an evil zombie Uncle Sam. And he's in an Uncle Sam because what happens is I know when he's shot in Desert Storm and sent home in like the casket, I think he's set on fire too. So he's got like this nasty, you know, cheap burn yeah but then how he hides himself so he can kill people in plain sight during the celebration he is literally in this uncle sam red white and blue with the top hat and you know the santa beard and everything and it's it's fun oh, as hell because when he talks the mask's lips doesn't move and you could see like the burned you know body like under the eye holes and stuff like that it's fantastic ah. oh, <laughs> well, well now you're really selling me well, did you ever watch? The, I know I sent you the trailer. If you haven't watched it, you got to. You'll love no, it. No, no, I did. No, I, I saw you sent it to me, but I'm not going to do it because I'm. I didn't okay. at first. I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to watch it. Uh. But <laughs> now I'm not going to. Now I'm really not going to watch it because I want to watch the movie now. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, like I said, I, I found it for it was like twelve fifty or something on eBay plus free shipping. So I'm like, why the fuck not? Yeah. I said, as long as I get get it before July fourth, I'm good, and I got it last week. So, okay. Well, let's just uh, end this. Well, ended on here's our good note where we're, we're I, I convinced you to watch Uncle Sam instead of talking about all the all the death coming to Mexico and I want everybody. And you got to watch adaptation. I will. I'm going That's to hilarious. when we both see these movies. Okay, that will definitely be. The most polar opposite movies in existence. I know. I love. I love how, how you're saving. You're going to talk about Saving Private Ryan. I'm talking about Uncle Sam. And I want. <laughs> and now, now you got to watch. Like I got to watch adaptation, and it's this. Yeah, but we still. The weird thing is, we still like both of those things. Like mm -hmm. I like uh, Uncle Sam type movies, and you. I know you like Saving Private Ryan because you're smart. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that's all we're into. It's just. Uh, oh no. Things in the moment we want to talk about are a little different. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. So I'm going to say goodnight. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yeah, this was fun. You got to work. I know I got to work out. Yep. And um, I'll send you a copy and all that stuff. I'll talk to you offline about it. But mm -hmm. if you're watching this on my channel, mm -hmm. uh, I have a link in the, in the uh, info section below to Eric's Hey, Internet Eric's channel. So, oh, thank you. No problem. Everyone who uh, knows me is watching this. Subscribe to his channel because we need to get him to. Uh, how much is it? Oh, yeah, I'm at, I, I I was saying um I'm at six thirty five subscribers and I was going to do a giveaway of just crap I have in in my garage and I, I've told you about a couple of the things I'm going to throw in there. Yeah. Um, I was going to do it at six hundred and fifty because I thought it was a nice round number, but. You convinced me that uh, if I get to 666 subscribers, and I, I have to keep that for at least a week. Now I can go above, 
but I can't go below 666 for at least a week, and then I'm going to do a giveaway of random stuff. Like I'm going to throw in some horror figures. I'm going to throw in some, like I said, some random comic books. I know there's going to be some Halloween comics, some some ICP comics and stuff like that that you and I talked about, some VHSs, some DVDs, just stuff that will help me clear out my uh, my garage. I'm going to pay for shipping, you know, because I don't really care, but it's going to be one of those, oh, I really want this, but I don't want that. And no, you're going to take all the garbage. You know, you can't just dip pick. You're getting it for free, so who cares? I need to do that, too, because I got a lot of garbage. Yep, I don't care if you like one thing and you throw the rest in the trash. It makes no difference to me. But yeah, I'm going to try to get, once I get to 666 for a week, I'm going to do a, uh, a giveaway. I'm going to, it's going to be U.S. residents only because if I'm paying for shipping, I'm cheap. So it's going it's to ship out that. And uh, it's going to be two people who do videos because I want people to actually put in some effort. Like some people do. Well, you can be entered in if you leave a comment below. I'm like, no, I want to see an actual video. I don't care if it's like a channel where someone doesn't like to be on camera. I don't care. I don't care yeah. how you film it. I don't care if people are as characters. I don't care if people don't want to be on screen. As long as you make a video and answer my questions, you, you're going to get, I think I'm going to put you in for two entries. I'm going to do like a, like um, a couple of my buddies do it when they do giveaways. They have like this little bowl they have everyone's name written down, and they throw it in there, and then whatever the last entry is in the bowl, that's the winner. Yeah, that's great. And that's like a... I've and I, and they also have to have a way to contact me. So either they have to either... Now they don't have to be personal Facebook friends with me, because that's fine, but they have to either like my Hey Internet Eric here like Facebook page itself, so that way they can message me. They have to like my Instagram page. It's all the same name you know hey internet eric here or follow me on twitter just so they can inbox me their address i don't care if they they unlike the page right after as yeah. long as i can get the address because that's because youtube doesn't have a, like a messenger anymore yeah you need to do that because that's just standard operating procedure now anyway you've got enough subscribers that they they need to have to follow your social too yeah so and as long as they and like i said i don't care if they create a facebook page or whatever or twitter just to contact me and then delete it that's fine as long as i they have to find a way to contact me i'm not going to search them out you know what i mean yeah and what you're talking about is uh that's basically what what i really at the end of the day want to do is video responses like the old youtube i never i've never done this i've always mm -hmm. just like i make silly things and i i watch videos but i don't uh comment and stuff uh you remember the video comment system video comment system the, no. the old, the old, the video. It was a, you know, you could you could do a video response to a video. Uh, oh, tag videos. Yeah, well, but <laughs> not just not just tag like like you could literally go to someone's video on YouTube and underneath, instead of putting a comment, you could record a video. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, they got rid of it a few years back, but it was awesome. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter who you were. Uh, chances are, if someone made a video and you comment that. If you made a uh, video, if they made a video that's and they're kind of big, mm -hmm. they're not going to read the comments. But if you made, if you took the effort to make a video mm -hmm. and put it under there in the video response, mm -hmm. then you got a better chance, and they'll probably react to what you're saying. So mm -hmm. uh, I thought YouTube should have never got rid of that. Yeah, and I've always wanted to do that. It's the same exact thing as tag, but it's literally on your video. Gotcha. 
Okay. Yeah, that sounds fun. But yeah, those are, my, are great. yeah, those are my only requirements. Like, I don't even care if you are a subscriber to me because how am I really going to fucking know? But you got to at least have contact with me through social media somehow so I can get your address and you have to do a video response to the questions. I got some ideas clicking in. But then again, I'm still like 30 subscribers away. So who knows? It could be like another six months before this even happens. No, 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 no. You're going to get there fast because um, all you got to do, I'm telling you, just do one more uh, cartoon commentary. I know. I, we, we love doing that. We're, we're, I got to wait, I think, one more week for my strike to be up, my copyright strike. Okay. Once you do that, just do one that you know is not going to get a, a strike and you'll be mm -hmm. fine because those are popular. And if anyone's watching this, which I don't, I seriously doubt, and you really are, you're only watching it because you're upset about what I said about what we said about The Shining. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to his channel because we want to get to 666. I don't care if you hate us. Mm -hmm. Just subscribe to him so we can get to 666 because I want to enter this contest and win a big box of garbage. Yep. And I even, I even have the perfect box. It's a, it's a box that my daughter's already scribbled already on and written on stuff. So it, it, it goes with the motif, you know? That's perfect. Yep. And I promise you, if anyone's watching this and you, you're watching because I said bad things with Shining, I guarantee you, no one's going to make more videos ranting about the Stanley Cooper Shining than me. Yeah. So you got, just keep coming back. I got hundreds of hours of shit to trash on that film. Just wait till Dr. Sleep comes out. I'm sure you'll rant about it more. Oh, I can't wait. I'm having like dream nightmares about that movie. <laughs> I'm so excited. Did you see the trailer? Yeah, me and you talked about it. We talked oh, about how, oh. you, yeah, how, how, it, how it looked like it was, they took footage from The Shining, but you can tell it was reshot footage. And Okay, we got to hold it. Yeah. We got to hold it. No more. I, I know I'm tired because mm -hmm. a few seconds ago, I was thinking in my mind, what's the number for Mark of the Beast? I couldn't think of 666, so I'm fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. So, it's been fun. It was. I don't, yeah. to, I don't know how to sign off, so I'm just going to hit stop broadcast. And uh, we'll see you next time.